Okay. Trisha's favorite number? Four. Four. Her favorite animal? Ten. Trisha's favorite movie? Oh, the Short ring. Circuit. <laughs> Yours, my mind, theirs. Hey everybody, welcome to Yours, Mine, and Theirs, the movie podcast where the movies picked by you are the ones we have to view. Hi, I'm a boy named Roy. Let's all go to St. Croix. Hey, get off my lawn. My name is John. I'm so happy to be on. Also, I'm full of flan. Uh, my name is Dale, and I called you both in here today because, wait, John, are you even supposed to be podcasting today? Oh, you always come in when, they, when Roy works, when he does the same. Oh, don't worry. You're not paying us double. Wait, I thought you were doing podcasting today. No, I thought you were doing the podcasting today. Oh, my gosh, that's so funny. This is not the first time this has happened. Well, welcome back, Dale. Hey, uh, for those of you who are listening to the first time, which just sounds crazy to me, uh, this is where we pick a weird subgenre of films, and then we watch them, and we talk about them, and awards. We award them. And so what we're doing is movies with titles that rhyme. So this week we watched Be Kind Rewind, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, and Mrs. Eris Goes to Paris. And uh, that's what we did. So, And uh, we're also welcoming back Dale for his community service. Thank you for coming back, Dale. Hey, it was a pleasure. This is fun. Yeah. How many of these movies had you guys seen? Just weren't wondering. Zero. I had seen none. Um, okay. Uh, cool. Well, I mean, was, was the rhyming enough? (laughs) (laughs) Had you seen any of these, John? I, I had seen two of them. I had seen Be Kind Rewind and Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Barb and Star. That makes sense to me. Okay. I, it was, it was a good amount of rhyming. Were you disappointed that they weren't constantly rhyming during the films? Ah, a little. You know, not all of them were. I was actually pleasantly surprised, if I may, when they did, because we had this theme in mind. And so <laughs> when, when they did, and I think there was one of the movies that, that, that kind of did that a little too much over the top. But uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I kind of think, like, well, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I mean, that was just an accidental rhyme. I don't think that, I don't think that movie treated rhyming as important at all. Be kind, rewind. They didn't take yeah, it seriously. Yeah, be kind, rewind. You know, that's a famous like rhyming phrase, and so I think they took it a little bit seriously. But uh, yeah, Mrs. Harris, that was and just that was just uh, that was just convenient. In be kind, rewind on the video store wall is a poster for Blast, Blast from, from the, from the past. past. Yes, they knew we were doing the rhyming <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 had that much foresight. Like, you know, several years from now, there's going to be a podcast where it's going to be about rhyming and they're going to talk about, they're going to debate about which movies to rhyme and we're going to throw them a little Easter egg about another movie that rhymes. I, I hadn't seen any of these movies before and I'm I'm happy with all these picks. I think I enjoyed them all. So do you guys have anything uh, you want to catch up on before we get into the needy greedy? I do want to say today for the first time I watched The Shape of Water. That doesn't so rhyme at all. That's like, I think I'm six years behind. Okay. But uh, anyway, I did it. Yeah, or as some people call it, grinding Nemo. Grinding Nemo. There was a significant, uh, significantly more creature from the Black Lagoon sex than I than I was anticipating. Right, see, um, but it was a pretty good movie. It's yeah. kind of like I mean, because the creatures from the Black Lagoon is pretty good, right? So, what would make that better? <laughs> more sex with Sally Hawkins. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah, and it was it was an homage. It was an homage to to older movies too, and and just in the theme of rhyming. Uh, Roy, did you watch The Shape of Water with your daughter? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> Which is probably for the best. What a relief! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, but no, actually, that was that. I I kind of 
lately I've I've really enjoyed some Del Toro movies. I thought Pinocchio was really really good, but um, I that movie because it's got such a weird sci-fi story, and then they just set it in in kind of this setting where it's it's kind of soft and nostalgic and then the music is just what it is and and i don't know just what a lovely way to tell such a weird story so anyway <laughs> well kudos also to watching a film um between watching the r3 films and coming onto this podcast <laughs> because it's enough it's enough for me to remember what happened in each of the three films and here you you know here you went overboard and said hey i'll just watch another film and 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 just uh you know uh, and enjoy another film I, I was really concentrating on on these films here for this podcast and it sounds like you guys you guys do a lot more movie watching you can just you can turn it on and turn yeah. it off anytime roy maybe that's what you should you should freelance movie critic or something since you're doing the, all this movie watching anyway because you're doing twice as much as i do and i do a lot mostly because of you <laughs> i gotta stop opening up web pages sorry <laughs> but so i i just went to my letterbox diary and i might as well because i, I actually watched quite a bit of uh movies because of my train commute so I think since yeah. the last okay. time, the last time we talked, we mentioned that I that we mentioned Itania, right? So we'd seen that. Um, let's see okay. what what have I seen since then? Taste of Cherry. Um, uh, air, oh, well, okay. no, since the last time we podcasted, I've watched the Earrings of Madame De. I've watched the Great Race. I've watched oh. Mirror, Parasite, Spotlight, and The Shape of Water. So I've I've knocked a few down. Yeah, no, that's that's there. You go. That's that's a that's a week's worth week's work for, yeah. a, for a critic yeah and those are all just like for the heck of it i don't even have any dead celebrities to prepare for so so you know That's crazy, anyway man. well here we are and uh, we'll just jump right into be kind rewind which i think is my movie so yes uh for this for the sum up this is going to go remarkably fast there is not a lot to this sum up uh you have a video store owned by um i always want to say donald glover but it, it's danny glover <laughs> Uh, Danny Glover owns a video store. It's a, it's a, it's like worse off than top hat video. It's a pretty shabby video store. And it's kind of in that age where DVDs taking over, but they're not ready to make that change. And I think they also have this myth that what's the guy's name? Is it fats? Some, some jazz musician. Fats, fats Willer. That, yeah. So he apparently was born there. It turns out he wasn't, but whatever. So they've got this video store in Jack Black. It, it doesn't make sense in the plot for me, but he wants to go and sabotage an electric plant. And instead, he gets shocked really bad and he comes back to the store and he degauzes all the videotapes. So you have Mia Farrow coming and she wants to watch Ghostbusters. She takes it home. She brings it back and says, there's nothing on this tape. I'm coming back tomorrow and I want to watch Ghostbusters. So they decide to film themselves doing Ghostbusters, hoping she won't notice. They give her the movie. She takes it home. She brings it back. She really likes it. And then just they kind of get this crazy explosion of people who want to watch movies made this way. And I think you just have a handful of customers that come in and want to watch movies and they're like, okay, well you can't check it out tonight, but you can come back tomorrow. And they charge like 20 bucks uh, per movie instead of just the three. And they enlist the help of, um, uh, I, I can't remember the character's name, but she's, she works at the, um, the dry Alma. cleaning. Alma. So yeah, so it's the two of them and Alma, and they just start doing all these films. Can you guys name the films? What are the films you remember that they did? Uh, Driving well, Miss can, Daisy. I can remember the ones that I wrote down. Uh, Lion okay. King, RoboCop. <laughs> Lion King. That's what you need. <laughs> uh, and let's see, uh, 2010, 2001, 
sugar and spice for some reason. Frequency, this movie Frequency. Uh, the Umbrellas <laughs> of Sherboard. Rush Hour 2. Yeah, Rush Hour 2. Yeah, they did The Umbrellas of Sherboard. They did The Umbrellas of Sherboard, which is crazy. Uh, Lost in Space. Let's see, Boys in the Hood. Uh, Robocop. Uh, did I, oh, I already said Robocop. Um, let's see, Men in Black, King Kong, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, they did Carrie. Yeah, and they did they, they did a couple that they didn't show, like Last Tango in Paris. Thank goodness they didn't show <laughs> How they have filmed that? scenes from that and others. It was it was pretty smart. It was pretty smart to have you know have them come up on the screen and uh, as they were doing it in that one scene. Yeah, the, it, it was, was smart nice. because otherwise it, it would just it would kind of be impossible to know what movies they were doing. But like once you know, I think that's like oh, I get it. Umbrellas of Cherbourg, for example, like Ghostbusters, you can kind of get King Kong, you can kind of get. But the movies are so lo-fi that you kind of have to be told about them. Like as cool as 2001 was when he's walking on it, it, it's you. I wouldn't have got it. You yeah. would have had to think about it. And it was it's like, oh, of course, it's this famous shot from 2001 where he's walking on the ceiling of the of the thing. I don't know. It's uh, I think the charm is how distant they are from the movie. Yeah. Right, and so and and it's interesting because they they Sigourney Weaver comes in and busts them for copyright infringement, but like <laughs> a part of the copyright infringement law allows you to do parodies, right? So they they weren't like because they weren't really that close to the films, they're probably not breaking any laws. Except the problem is they're then renting them out with the original packaging, which Ooh. is then a deceptive I, uh, practice but yeah I, I guess that's the thing I, I mean maybe the point is hey big companies can do whatever they want like they have power they have lawyers they can do all, you know what like what's yeah what's danny glover's video store gonna do again if anybody came in and said you can't do this they have like a couple days and they're supposed to raise sixty thousand dollars isn't that the, the dollar amount and they decide to do one movie that is the history of uh fats waller and they're going to raise all the money selling tickets to about 20 people inside their store, <laughs> which the math doesn't work out. And spoiler alert, they don't save their store, <laughs> which I'm, that kind of makes that's it kind of yeah. makes me happy. That's any, but they also pull a, a cinema paradiso where they think they're projecting onto a sheet over the window, but it actually projects on both sides of the sheet. So everyone outside gets to see it too. And it's, and it's neat. So, and, Fortunately, they charge all of those people. Like, if you're on the street at this time, we, we, here's your end. Yeah, like everyone has to pay like six hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's no way they could have done it because, according to Sigourney Weaver, the like <laughs> the damages to the studio is sixty three billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> To, because, to, to Sigourney Weaver's assistant, his ambitious her ambitious assistant. Yeah, yeah. Because like that's the damage. Or sixty thousand years in prison. Something. It's something like that <laughs> because it's based on the two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine at the beginning of each tape, and how many tapes they duplicated, and how many ch- tapes that they showed, and how many times those tapes were watched. Apparently, it adds up to like over a billion. Something. Do you, so? Do you remember when they were starting to finally crack down on Napster, and they decided to make like an example of some like ten year old kid in Sheboygan? <laughs> right. I'm assuming yeah, he's still yeah. in prison. I don't. Know. He better. But that's kind of what this. <laughs> that's what this feels like a little bit. So also, his sacrifice was for all. Yeah. Of us. The end credits to this film had a URL, and if you go to the URL, it's supposed to show you all the movies they made, but it doesn't work. Which probably because this movie was made 
uh, like 15 years, 17 years ago. But that was that was a little yeah. It, no one kept up that URL. That was that was dumb. Yeah, yeah. but that was fun. So I, so I liked this movie a lot more than I thought it, I would. Um, uh, I thought the the spoofs were were really good. And so the one problem I have though is they start with Ghostbusters, and I think that's the their best spoof. That's yes, yeah. yes. And the Fats Waller spoof. I'm not into Fats Waller. I'm. It's like they set up all these spoofs and I like, I really like the spoofs. I'm like, Oh, what are they going to do with this movie? It's a reinterpretation of that, but their original movie, uh, pretty boring. <laughs> I don't movie, know. It, it does have one magical. It's, it's a Go grower. Ahead. It's a grower. I mean, it was, it was a movie that kind of grew on you because where they were going with it at the first part, we'll talk about it, but it was, uh, you know, I, I had to, it had to grow on me. I wasn't a big fan of the first third of the movie. Cause I thought, where, you know, where's this, how is this going to be? getting good when they start doing the even crazier things of what I know the movie is famous for, but it did, it did fine. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think the first part of the movie, it was crazy impersonal to me. Yeah. Like I kind of, I didn't feel like this is the same guy who did like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. And it like the first long bit uh, like Jack Black and Mostaf and the Alma girl and and everybody in it, they were kind of talking over each other. It it kind of felt like the footing was off as far as a feeling I had for it. You know, I think by the end I'm like, okay, I'm settled in. But there was like a lot. Like the first half of the movie, I was sort of like I had that Goonies feeling where the kids are yelling at each other, <laughs> and I couldn't really. I couldn't tap into like what they were talking about or caring about what they were saying. It was kind of a weird thing. And I don't know how you do that. If you make eternal sunshine of the spotless mind where I'm so invested oh. in for, for me that they were doing a lot of impromptu. It's like he set them up and said, okay, this is the, this is the setting. And it, it sounded like to me, they were doing a lot of just, especially Jack black, a lot of impromptu. And then most deaf was just reacting to that and being sort of a, you know, s- sad uh, assistant. Oh, what was me? I'm just trying to help and do my job. And then, I guess once the characters get into your skin, you get used to that and then they proceed and, and you don't have that issue anymore with them because that's just who they are. And then they start doing their thing. So there's not really a character development, you know, as much in, in the movie, as much as it is, we just let them be themselves. We let them be, you know, go in the direction they're, they're headed and we kind of allow that and start appreciating it more. It felt experimental to me at the beginning and not one of those exciting things explode experiments. One of those exciting, <laughs> non-exciting experiments where it's like, oh, this is an inert reaction. <laughs> so there, in, in between them yelling at each other, though, there were a couple delightful scenes of Jack Black vomiting a bunch of salt water. So that, yeah, was, that was nice. Good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always like that <laughs> oh man you know i have surprisingly little to say about this movie <laughs> i mean it kind of is just exactly what it is i there there was and the problem is like the things i want to talk about are going to come up in our awards and, yep. and so i don't okay because it's good. like a bunch of like so you don't want to ask any questions n- not necessarily but i mean a lot of the things that i would like talk about here would you know it's like they're the special effects they came up with right and, and things like that and and so um you know i don't want to spoil stuff but they 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 did some pretty cool super lo-fi innovative things um that uh i really dug and and was it from rush hour two where they had the force perspective as uh like they were standing on top of a drawing of the top of skyscrapers yeah yeah yes yeah there's some pretty cool stuff like that but otherwise uh 
Yeah. Yeah. So I I really like those special effects. Like the the ones where they use like two dimensional objects within a three dimensional space and they moved those things around. It, it was like it was manipulating. It was like manipulating like uh, Photoshop layers in in uh, like in actual real life. Um, and it was kind of a, an intriguing two dimensional, three dimensional combination. Let me so, add two. Yeah. Let me add two. Good one thing that we won't that. talk about with the awards is the the ability of the um, uh, of of the video store to integrate the whole neighborhood. And by the end of the film, there were so many you know, guest stars. They were all they were all together. The whole neighborhood was together. So they 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 win. I think they win over each other's hearts, and they they showcase the ability of humanity to get together. And that's not going to win an award, but that was that was the, the the good feeling we got from the end of the film. And 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 did you guys get the impression that the the Sigourney Weaver people were you know were were there and and that the building wasn't going to be destroyed, or um, that actually this was the you know, last hurrah and you know bye bye? What, what was your impression of the the end that I did that I missed? I think it was a last hurrah, and I think the the people like who were there to condemn the building. I mean, they they obviously enjoyed the film, right? But I mean, they weren't saving anything because they didn't make enough money. And it's not this isn't like Electric Boogaloo, where you had the guy who wanted to tear down the place who's now being pressured into donating sixty thousand bucks, right? Um, I, I mean, that the building is still way below code, and so I don't, I I don't, I think we're supposed to understand that that the building is they're not saving the building that's what i got i i guess the point is the friends we made along the way kind of thing yeah. and it wanted to it wanted to say it's like okay you know what uh this is sort of a, a crumbling neighborhood and it you think it needs the video store but maybe it doesn't need the video store so much as it needs all the people getting together and you know for like getting together for the cause to save the video store yeah, more than the actual literal like, hey, we need to rent VHS tapes when no one even has a VCR anyway. <laughs> so what I, I mean, I may be wrong about my what I think happened at the end, and if I am, then by all means, hold please hold me in contempt of RoboCop Court. So <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I took it. <laughs> I I took it exactly how you did. I was kind of like, okay, so are they gonna are they gonna make it? The fact that Danny Glover. Didn't he take most F aside and, and say, look, no, I already signed the papers. This is happening tomorrow. It's not going to happen anymore. Let's just enjoy tonight. And they don't show what happens. They could have very easily done a thing where it's like, wait, there's an injunction. It's a historical site. Like most Def said, because it's because <laughs> they but say it's it where Fats Waller was. Then born. It wasn't. But then it wasn't. <laughs> but then they say it was. OK, that's actually that's my question. Uh there's a really weird line. I think Alma says this line that I thought was kind of weird and it wasn't said as a joke and it wasn't said ironically. And I kind of almost think it was said sincerely by the movie, like a message of the movie. And she actually says our past belongs to us and we can change it. If we, yeah, want. that was, that was, uh, that was clever. It really fit the, uh, the theme of the movie. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't know if I can stand by kind of an extreme message like that. <laughs> Like, uh, okay, so, um, you know, we can, we can, uh, you know, just history is what we say it is kind of thing. Oh, I see. Yeah, Uh, I mean, but if it's our history, I mean, they can't save the building by saying, uh, Fats Waller was mm -hmm. born here because you would have to have some sort of historical proof of that. And they're obviously never going to come up with that proof, right? 
because it, they can't. Right. I think it was also a farewell to the VHF, you know, the VHS. Sorry, it's a farewell to the to that, you know, to, to the no more rewinding because yeah. it's all going to be on DVD. All right, Madsen brothers, what's the first DVD you ever bought? I'll start Lady Hawk. <laughs> Uh, I believe mine was the fifth element. Oh, wow. Wow. I was a believer in, I was a renter, you know, I was a renter. I didn't, I didn't buy, I, I did buy uh, cinema paradiso and I'm not just linking that back to our conversation, but I did buy that. Cause I thought this is what I want to have uh, back in the day. Uh, but uh, I was, I was, yeah, I was a renter. Oh, that's probably it. Then. Did anyone have any questions from last time that you remember? I don't have any that wouldn't come up in the awards. That's the thing with Be Kind Rewind. Like everything I want to talk about is in is, yeah. is award worthy. He gets some special honorable mentions, but I don't have anything else that I want to say about it other than it was, um, other than it, I said it before, it grew. It was a movie that grew on you um, uh, a bit more than I expected because I was not convinced the first 20 minutes that it was going to be a film that I was going to like. So I'll be honest, when that movie was chosen, I was really disappointed and I wasn't like looking forward to watching it at all. And and I kind of had the same experience where like the first bid was like okay this is fulfilling my expectation but then when they started making the parody films it really took off and I and yeah. I kind of loved it got creative and, and and unique but isn't that all you knew about the movie I'm not sure why you weren't looking forward to it because you knew they were making movies like that I, I mean because I read the IMDb description but I just I don't know I didn't picture it. I guess I, but so I, I don't know, man. When they busted out their remake of Ghostbusters, that was so good. Yeah, that was so entertaining. So, um, and and anyway, I, I think we already mentioned this, but that kind of was maybe the high point of the film. And then they did like fifteen or twenty other movies that weren't <laughs> as good as Ghostbusters. But um, anyway, yeah, I don't have any other questions about Be Kind Rewind. Well, I think we, I think we concluded this. The okay. only question I wrote down was. Uh, did the place get demolished? And I think we kind of differed on that. We hashed opinion, it out. But yeah. But I, we hashed it out. Yeah. When yeah. we spoke last. <laughs> so was, did, so, okay. Um, there's truth, there's power and truth folks. Uh, this is like part two of this podcast because the internet died last night. So here we are. Okay. So anyway, that's, that's be kind. Rewind. It's VHS. All right, uh, Dale, you are up with Barb and Star. Go to Visa Del Mar. And had you seen that before? I had not seen that before, and um, I am happy to summarize it. You guys ready? Yes, I am. Oh, so by the way, this movie made zero thirty-two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, because well, I mean, okay, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but like the poster itself, like the movie poster says, available wherever streaming rentals are available, or something like that. Wow. So was it not shown in the theater? Was this just straight to like uh, Netflix or something? Well, theaters were closed. February of 2021 is when it came out. Second wave, third wave. Yeah. So like it was, it theaters was at a at a period where no one was going to theaters. It, it was pretty much oh, just instant released. Yeah. And they they were probably like waiting to release it, um, you know, already, and they waited another six months. They kept postponing. They said, "Look, let's just get this out there. We need content." So, you know, it it, it wasn't. It, it was one of those films that could easily be watched on a small screen. You didn't have to see a big screen to see to see them floating through the air. Although the, <laughs> there is some fabulous production design and some wonderful musical numbers. Oh, so. there is so much pink and blue in this film and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dale, take it away. 
Okay, so this movie, uh, what we have, we have two besties uh, in small town USA, Barb and Star. They've just been fired from their job and they are facing an existential crisis. So they take the advice of a friend who said that Vista Del Mar could give them a well-reduced soul douche. I loved that lady's energy. <laughs> a magic. I, I can't couch. remember. That I can't couch. remember that character's name. Right? What was her? What was her name? Tracy. Like the lady? Was it Tracy. Yeah, Tracy in the uh, in like the 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 LL Bean vest, right? Who just like charges towards them. <laughs> well, okay, I, I, and then charges away. <laughs> I assume neither of you have ever seen the Goldbergs, the TV show. Oh, is she the mom from the Goldbergs? She's the mom from the Goldbergs. I love yeah. the Goldbergs, and she has she has that continuous energy. She's she's kind of the star of, the, of that show because yeah. she's so insane in that show. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, she she comes in and she she's like the voice of reason in this crazy you know this crazy reality that that uh, it, it, when you're talking to Barb and Star, you just have to have one more uh, you know neuron on. <laughs> and, and you're taken as like the you know the voice of of of, of reason and and so they decided to, they decided to take her advice and uh, meanwhile however a villain uh, doubly paid by by Kirsten Wake is plotting to seek you guys got that right is plotting I, to it seek took revenge me a little while, yeah. <laughs> wait 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 what what <laughs> <laughs> so a vi- the villain Sharon right with a white face she's plotting That's- to seek revenge where no seriously Roy. That's Kristen Wiig? That's Kristen Wiig, yes. <laughs> uh, isn't the, the character's name is Mickey, right? Isn't it Sharon? Isn't her it's name Sharon. Sharon? It's Sharon. It's Sharon. Then who's Mickey? Who have I, who's, who's Mickey this whole time? I thought that was Mickey. Well, my mm. notes are all screwy. Okay. Yes. R- r- no, roll it up. So roll it up. Okay, you're right. Not Sharon, the, the, the villain. So she's plotting. And, and this, is, this is the strange part about this film is that it start, I thought I was watching the wrong film. Because it starts out with this kid, you know, riding his bike through yeah. this town, and I thought, this is not the right movie. What is this movie? And so we find out, we find out that this villain, she's plotting to seek revenge because she was never accepted. She grew up in Vista del Mar, uh, and she's and she's actually st- stolen this 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 young man named Yo Yo, and with this uh, also Irishman <laughs> named Edgar, uh, and a bunch of mosquitoes and some um, some mad scientists. She's going to seek revenge. All right, so that's some of the subplot at brewing as as we see Barb and Star uh, decide to actually what they do. What they do is they decide to f- to find their shimmer and fly to <laughs> Florida and um, and visit this Vista del Mar uh, place to see if they can get back their groove. So they arrive uh, and they secure a place in the best hotel in the town uh, after a little bit of confusion and ending up in a very funny scene in a less uh, musical and uh, uh, colorful place. Uh, they end up securing a place back in the. They, they in the would have been happy place. at that other place. They were still happy with like they were the still happy. I think, and yeah. I think that's what we what we see from them in that challenging time of being you know relegated to a smaller and and less uh, frivolous um, hotel uh, is that they, they just kept up the good the good um, demeanor and and uh, positive vibes. But they ended up. I think that that's what got them back to the good hotel. Um, the very first night. They they work their small town USA charm. They befriend Edgar, who is, um, as I said before, working for and who's hoping to have an official relationship with <laughs> the villain Sharon. Uh, that comes up a lot. That comes up a lot, that theme. I love how they meet him. Like they ask him what room he's in. I think he says like one twelve, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, Barb, he's in one twelve. We're in six fifteen. 
<laughs> it always works with alcohol. Uh, and they obviously both fall in love with the lovely Edgar and, and with his hot Irish accent. And then I have to say, then we have about a 30 minutes of chaos ensuing because one doesn't want to let the other know that they're actually seeing him on the side. They end up after a, a, a night together with they're all drunk and they've taken the magic uh, treasure at the bottom of this big giant uh, <laughs> cocktail uh, they were able to down in about 30 seconds so they were they had some pills they were on some drugs and they ended up having a getting to know each other quite intimately and then they, each, they woke each up barb and, they woke up in a sand, yeah, they they barb and start sandwich sandwich yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh and, vertically and, <laughs> that was that's actually going to come forth in my uh, in my award section <laughs> for one of the awards. Uh, so anyway, after a comedy of errors, um, uh, a few days of Barb and Star trying to to be honest with each other, but they end up lying to each other. They want to cover up this uh, these secret desires for for Edgar. Sharon arrives. The villain arrives in Vista del Mar because Edgar was not able to execute the plan. Um, mostly because he was distracted by 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 Star, and Sharon convinces Edgar that the Barb and Star actually spies. She's trying to break break uh, them up and whatever um, love interest Edgar has by telling them the Barb and Star are spies, and that uh, turns the plot a little bit uh, uh, poorly for for Edgar because uh, he ends up um, quite confused. He just before it's too late realizes that. It is, it is actually Sharon who's the real villain, and between the three of them, Edgar, Barb, and Star, they they're able to keep the mosquitoes uh, at bay from the general public. They actually have an encounter with uh, the magical hero Trish, and they save the town from death by mosquito. And at the end, very happy ending. They actually help Sharon realize that adults eventually do grow out of their cruelty as as kids, and uh, especially when adults are faced with loneliness. And they're able to all become true friends. So a little sort of fairy tale uh, scenario where we have a little bit of uh, sci-fi, a little bit of uh, extreme mm, classic villain. Uh, villain takes revenge, and and good goodness wins over. So a fun film. They um, they and they're pretty forgiving of Sharon because they had to survive the alligator cliff trap, which wasn't very nice. Yes, Sharon. they were pushed. They were pushed to. They could choose to, um, to to have her actually, you know, die and be be besieged by the mob. But they yeah. they do they, the goodness. It's goodness. It's uh, it's good. It's a, it's a it's a goodness wins over. Barb and Star are so good that even after the Sharon person tried to kill them twice, they still help her be her friend. And also, they're so good that even after a night of. Uh, of sharing the same things. man yeah and 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 each other right i mean they all woke up together that they're still just gabbing and talking like nothing happened <laughs> um, i mean that takes a certain level of niceness too so, so it's interesting because star continues this affair with edgar and and barb is kind of left doing her own thing but barb gets to experience all these wonderful things that she never dared to do and R- riding and a banana boat she gets to meet tommy bahama the yes. real Tommy Bahama. The real Tommy Bahama. Yes. Yeah. In the I, I meantime, that's according to the credits too. Yeah. Star and Edgar uh, use so much suntan lotion. Uh, it, it's pretty unreal as they're <laughs> lathering each other up with like a paint 
a pink can gallon of yeah. suntan lotion. Yeah. yeah, I left I left out a lot of the details. It's true in the summary, but uh, we could <laughs> we could say a lot about about how their individual uh, you know days were spent, um, sort of living their own uh, you know dreams. You know, they were they were in this fantasy land of happiness yeah. and goodness and innocence, and it was just it was just fun to watch how they how they pursued those and the conversations. I mean, most of the film is just them just chatting together in that first scene where they're sitting on the couch just just chatting and then they're on the on the on the plane again uh on the airplane again as they as they travel and just chatting the whole time um it was they, it was they a make up a hero named trish on the airplane they, they say something like the the plane ride is four hours and, and there's like a montage sequence of them talking about trish and then getting off the plane, continuing their conversation. Talk. They talked about this made-up person, Trish, for exactly four hours nonstop. Well, it was a foreshadowing, and was it really made up? If she comes, in, if she appears in the last scene, they, it's like they brought her into existence. Yeah. They willed they her. Summoned. They yeah, summoned. They willed her. Yeah. yeah. So what they missed while they were in Vista del Mar is they missed uh, Phyllis Smith, who plays Dolores, getting her tea taken away from her. Because she wanted to talk about horses again. Because cause they, they missed all their talking club meetings. <laughs> they Which they don't great. have a book club. They don't have a movie club. They don't have, you know, it's just like, let's talk about, you know, just this. Whatever Vanessa Bayer decrees. And Vanessa Bayer is so evil in this movie. <laughs> She's very evil. But it was it was nice to see that sort of juxtaposition of of good people having a fun time in a, in a society that allowed them to get out and be themselves versus where they were stuck in this small town in this talking club and being, you know, and basically being manipulated by others in this small town. Hmm. So do do you feel like, do they come back to Nebraska or are they now permanent residents of Vista Del Mar? Oh, I never thought of that. I assumed they came back. Same questions as the Be Kind Rewind. The ending is left to your imagination. I kind of want them to not go back to to Nebraska because it seems like there's not much waiting for them in Nebraska, but also there's no way they can possibly afford to remain in Vista Del Mar. I, uh, well, I don't know. It's on the west side of Florida, right? I mean, it couldn't be too expensive. Oh, is it? Uh, is it the Gulf Coast? Yeah, right. At least, uh, like according to the map that they flew to, I was like, oh, is that where Vista Del Mar is? Well, plus yeah. they both have high school diplomas and forty-year-old well, women. They're easy, it's easy to find a job. That's true. Oh, I thought you had a. I thought you had a high school diploma. Oh, I thought you had one. <laughs> How much of that was also, um, you know, impromptu? Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of text. That's a lot of. That's a lot of. I, I think. I think it must have been because. Well, okay. I mean, it was written by those two, Annie Mumolo yeah. and Kristen Wiig. So, um, you know, if it, it makes sense that that's how they wrote it, and it makes sense that that's how they filmed it. Um, they're also. I don't know if you two are aware of this, but. Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo also wrote the script for Bridesmaids, if you ever saw Bridesmaids. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that, nor have I seen it. But oh, Bridesmaids is oh. I've heard that people like it. See yeah. It. Yeah. So, also, I would like to think that the lounge singer was uh, ad-libbing his song as he went along. I've definitely never heard of Shirt Potatoes before. <laughs> <laughs> but you've heard of Richard Cheese. It, it, I, I, I think I have an album of his that maybe Flinders gave me at one point. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess I have heard of Richard Cheese. Now, my favorite part, because the only conflict the two of them had is Star is, well, Barb is a little angry at Star for dating Edgar. 
behind her back because they both liked him and everything. And that was a cruel thing to do. But I really like how Star is mad at Barb for riding the banana boat without her. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> real issue. Problem they had. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it is a thing though, right? Because I mean, Barb didn't have a chance with Edgar. Edgar didn't really reciprocate, right? But Barb's like, but even if she thought she did have a chance, she's like, we can't do this because uh, it's not fair to Star. And then Star gets her chance and Star kind of, grabs it by the horns right well i think i w- let me disagree um because i think because it was barb who made the Barbara's decision first yeah yeah and and she's she was like she made the decision that she was um uh, you know she just Gonna couldn't take a do long bar um i think star was just a little bit more uh like insane about the whole thing and so she kind of <laughs> she kind of gave in but because the thing about edgar is i don't know where i don't know what like box he grew up in, but it's so it's Jamie Dornan. It's the I guy know. you guys. It's the it's the guy, from Robin Hood. <laughs> it's guy from Robin Hood. It's Will Scarlet from Robin Hood. But he's he's most famous for playing Christian Grey in Fifty Shades of Grey movie. You know, uh, he's he's this hot guy. He's this uh, you know, and and he's kind of known for being just this 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 weird beefcake. But yeah. I don't know what can or box or just <laughs> tiny container he grew up in, but he apparently all he wants is to be in a committed relationship. Official <laughs> relationship. An official relationship. That's right. Just official. an official. He's he's like um I, okay, I listened to the Bechdel cast on this and they kind of said it's pretty much like he's just like this 15-year-old boy version of like what you would want to, to like go around something to kind of like brag about to like make the middle school yearbook or something. Kind of. And that's, <laughs> that's exactly what Edgar wants out of this. And so I think if, if, uh, which uh, not, yeah, Barb, gosh, I got it mixed up. I think, I think if Barb said, Hey, would you like to be in an official relationship with me? He would have yes. jumped, jumped at it. Yeah. So have you seen the fall? I think we were, I've asked you this question before because I think the fall is where he got his start and that led to him getting the role in 50 shades of gray. The Fall? Is that the Tarsum Singh movie? No, The Fall was a show that he co- that he co-starred in with, uh, was it uh, Gillian Anderson? Gillian Anderson from X-Files? Okay, no, I didn't see that. Okay, Yeah, where he plays like a serial killer in that show, and she's the, is, you know... Is he trying. pretty good in that? He's really good in it. It oh, was a TV show, it wasn't a movie, it was like a series, right? Yeah, it was like a series, I want to say on Netflix, but I could be wrong. Oh. Huh. Okay, anyway. I'll have to check him out. I, yeah, I'm a Jamie Dornan fan. I'm, I, yeah, I'm a fan. Like we just saw Robin Hood, and I was like, you know, he was fine, but I mean, Barb and Star, get out of here. He's on the inside of my locker now. <laughs> he, yeah, I can't just say that too because he, I wasn't expecting him to be as. It, that's a hard role because you got to mm-hmm. play. I mean, it's like you could have given it to someone like James Marsden or someone else that has you know has played that sort of dumb sort of princey type. But he took it and and he he actually you actually believe that he was um you know he was he was innocence and didn't you know and was just looking for an official relationship <laughs> and there's nothing cheeky about it he was he was he was good he played it, I, played it well i so i love that um that he was reading a book what was his book called like uh <laughs> how to get out of an official relationship or how to get into one or something like that no it was like something like how to tell if someone loves you even if they're trying yeah. to make it seem as though they don't and then she's reading a book by the exact same <laughs> author that says how to make someone think that you love them when you don't you gotta hit right? your bets you know you're yeah. publishing Man, so um, his his role in this kind of reminds me. Speaking of uh, Kristen Wiig, of uh, when you had Chris Hemsworth in the Ghostbusters, uh, ladies Ghostbusters reboot, 
where yes, I thought yes, it was a, like a pretty yeah. big departure from character, right? And but I thought Chris Hemsworth knocked it out of the park in Ghostbusters as well. But he's delightful in this film, right? I, and I, I hate to see, I I hate to see super attractive men being capable of being funny. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, can't you like, just have one triple yeah. threat, one triple, thing? Just have one thing. Okay. It's really he could sing. Really, yeah. he could sing as well. I was, yeah, I it. I was going to ask, that was going to actually be a question. Was it Jamie Dornan singing? Because it really sounded like his voice. It didn't sound like another singer jumped in. Hmm. And they didn't care that it wasn't, you know, like a great yeah. song building it out. It was just him, but it was just typical mm-hmm. of his, him and his little bubble he lived in and just, uh, and just making, making you fall in love with him. It was great. So you have kind of a Saturday Night Live cast going on here. But and, and so as I started watching this, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I would like to see the skit that birthed Barb and Star, but there is no such skit. So like Barb and Star was written for this movie, right? Right, right. I mean, I, I guess you could take a bunch of weird Kristen Wig characters, like her character who gets so freaking excited and she can't keep a secret and jumps out windows and stuff. Would, or the target lady or something like that. So it it, it kind of so so I guess the problem I had with this movie is it felt sort of like a Saturday Night Live skit that went on for an hour and a half. And and the Barb and Star energy was a little overwhelming for a lengthy film for me. And and if I'm alone in that opinion, then that's just great. Um but I kind of found it as the fuel that 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 drove the <laughs> film forward. And um it was it was silly and it was it was silly, but I found myself laughing out loud a couple of times just because of their idiot uh you know uh <laughs> idiocy and, and and innocence and reacting to situations. Anyway, I found it fresh, but I, I can I completely get it. Roy, that you found it to be a little over the top. I mean, it was it was going going pretty hard uh, on the on the uh, betting that we'd we'd enjoy their little conversations that they had. Yeah. They were nonstop. It, it's kind of a problem with the movie, I suppose. Like, uh, I, I but I will tell you, like, this is the second time I've seen it, and I think I enjoyed it more the second time. And as even as I'm watching it, I can kind of I'm just it's a little bit under my skin, a little irritated, like how much more do I have to deal with this? But let me tell you, you know, uh, after the movie is over and I'm just like, uh, I, I need to watch the Jamie Dornan song again. Cause I want to write some notes and awards <laughs> and stuff. And you just watch certain scenes by themselves and it's just exhilarating. Man. It's like, yeah, it's so, so good. Kristen Wiig gets to show off some sexy, seductive moves in this, but I'm pretty sure she's playing the same character she played in wonder woman, 1984. <laughs> She's just Cheetah Woman? That makes sense, yeah. I think a lot of people were confused by her role in Wonder Woman 1984, if not confused by that entire movie. That, <laughs> that character was so awful. <laughs> oh, Cheetah Woman. All right. I was. I remember, uh, when did that come out? I think it came out like this same year. 1984, like, I think. Christmas of 2021. I was so excited because I was still in deep quarantine and I was telling everybody, don't worry, I don't need anywhere to go to Christmas. I'm going to wake up Christmas morning and watch Wonder Woman 1984 because that's when it was released. Yeah. And then it turned out to be not that fun of a Christmas. Uh, I tried to explain this to my son, James, last night because we were talking about Wonder Woman 1984. And, and I said, I respect that movie because it swung for the fences and it like it whiffed. Right? Yeah. But yeah. man, they, they took a huge gamble and it, they didn't pull it off. But. There was a there was a lot of ambition, and but he said, "So who cares about ambition if it still sucked?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. point. <laughs> but yeah, I I I 
<clears throat> I always feel bad talking bad about Wonder Woman 1984 for the exact reason you said. Okay, so we've said we've said Wonder Woman 1984 more times than we've said Barbara's Tiger. Just I'm going to pull <laughs> you back into the conversation. Okay, okay. Have either of you seen Kirsten Wiig in a serious film? Uh, yeah, she's in. Gosh, she's in um, the the new Sophie's Choice. That was her. Oh gosh, no. she's in. She she's in Walter in Betty. She was also, I think, it was called the Skeleton Keys or the the Twins. Skeleton Twins. Skeleton Twins. Skeleton no, twins. I did see that. Yes, she was oh. amazing in that. With she's um, really good. Bill Hader was really good. Bill Hader. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's 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 broad. She can do it, and she, she. I just I just enjoyed watching her have fun, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to let her have fun. So it, not to the annoying. I mean, if we want to talk annoying, we can talk Jack Black, because <laughs> that was a character. That was an actor playing himself and other characters in that character, and 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 and, and sort of overplaying it. And whereas Kristen Kristen Week was doing the same thing, she was just she just kept running and running and running with this same idea. But that it worked for me. Whereas Jack Black, it was after like five or ten minutes. I'm like, this is. I was checking the time. I was checking the time of how long the movie uh, lasted. Yeah, Jack Black is like weird lightning because it's kind of funny because uh, I thought he was so great in Nacho Libre and so oh, weirdly endearing. And you know that was directed by someone. I mean. I don't know if this will get me in trouble later. I don't think he'll ever be on the show or anything, but like, I don't respect Jared Hess. Like I don't like, <laughs> I don't like his filmmaking. And I don't like the attitude scheduled for the podcast. 2026. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, for the most part, like the attitude he exudes in his movies, like I find annoying. Um, but then Jack Black is in this Michelle Gondry movie and it's like, okay, this is going to be amazing. But yeah, you've no, seen other Gondry fit. movies, right? We didn't even talk about that. You've, you've seen, others that he made give me some titles. The, well the one the one the one i mentioned was eternal uh, sunshine of eternal the, sunshine of the spotless yeah. mind yeah, yeah which is you know just a massive you guys haven't process. done that you guys haven't done that have you we have done it have mm-hmm. done? okay yeah we did we that did it when one. mark was on yeah but he, he no matter what he did it was it was be kind rewind was such uh it ended up being such a nice wink uh, homage to 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 filmmaking and other films and being creative that that's what that's what pulled me in in the end was how they allowed the this kind of ridiculous scenario and i thought to be frank i thought i'd heard about this film and i thought they were just like doing clips like doing a small clip and there were like only a portion of each each film had been erased and so they did like a, a scene oh, like filling like in yeah that's kind of what i had in mind i didn't realize they were doing sort of the whole plot and doing it in 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 20 minutes we haven't we haven't talked about even the the verb they gave that to 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 swede to swede the film and and apparently people still do that. People are still sweeting films, and it's kind of a it started a thing. Yeah, started you know that thing. that the way what you said would have made so much more sense that <laughs> that like just, just certain sections thing. were missing, and so they just do that one section. <laughs> I think that so, would have been really good. Then do you have to like pay a licensing fee for all the films if you if you're showing some <laughs> of the footage? Um, yeah, then the math would have really gotten you know, that would have been like sixty billion years in jail. I see that our friend here has directed an enormous number of music videos. Yeah, that's the it's it's sorting through all these music videos that you can't. Uh, I guess it, it's impossible to to determine his his real directing output. Be kind, rewind. Music video. He did an uses. episode of Flight of the Concords. Okay, sure. The Science of Sleep, which was looked very similar to be kind rewind in its whimsy. Oh, he did David Chappelle's block party. That's kind of a live event sort of thing. So, um, okay. But I don't know, I guess, you know what? 
I guess he's just known as the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind guy. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And hmm. every white stripes video. Lots of gosh. He's I like the Anton Corbin of the white stripes. Yeah, he is. Holy cow. And York. <laughs> Do you guys have any other thoughts or questions about Barb and star? I think a lot of mine are coming out uh, in the awards. Um, I didn't. I didn't have any particular questions that that you know on on plot and and making of the film. And I think my one was what what were we expected to believe happened? Did they all live happily ever after in Vista Del Mar, as we were saying, or did they end up going back? And I think that some of the scenes that we were we were uh, privy to back in Nebraska helped us to realize that there's no way they could go back to that. They realized that life was to have fun with and and to you know be out and live in the world and not go back to that that i prison. i kind of like picturing star coming back to nebraska with edgar you're <laughs> moving to nebraska with her and and then meeting up with tracy again now, do, does edgar i assume edgar has money that they can start a great life together or is he just a henchman is that one reason why he was hanging out with sharon I, I don't know. I, well, that hotel had like 300 people working at it, so I'm sure they could have hired three more. Sure, yeah. <laughs> could have true. done that. And, and well, well, I mean, they, Barb has a link with Tommy Bahama, too. Yeah, That's you true. got that. They can sell uh, seashell bracelets. They can probably open up their own little kiosk or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. they would. Oh, they would. They would probably make a killing. It'll well, I bet that the, the people in Vista Del Mar have never. Um, the, the folks in Vista Del Mar have never tasted hot dog soup. Yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> food truck. Yeah. <laughs> they have a hot in dog a shell. soup food truck. In a Did shell. Did that look so gross? It was like a grayish brownish color of broth. Like oh, if man. you said the word hot dog soup, I'm like that sounds better than what was pictured somehow because because like it looked like it was like uh you know a pinto bean slush with bun. it's like hot dog slurry or something yeah it was not pretty they did a pretty good job of making that look pretty unappetizing yeah oh boy uh okay just a little bit of housekeeping roy you said you wrote down Kristen wig's other character as mickey but that was the name of the neighbor that tells them to go to vista the mar oh, okay mickey. that was mickey yeah yeah. There you go. So yeah. I, I think, so here's my problem, right? Because uh-huh. I, I didn't realize that Kristen Wiig played both roles. So I probably pulled up the cast in IMDb. I'm like, well, this character looks like her. Mm. And so, well, oh, what can you do? Oh, right. The, like the picture of Wendy McClendon Covey was, <laughs> it was in black and white and it looked like Sharon a little bit. Like, uh, uh, that That's probably it. So yeah, so th- this this movie probably earns a, a modicum more of respect from me, realizing now that she played both roles. And I, I mean, I think she, she killed I, Sharon. I feel like you need to watch the movie again. Like, <laughs> like not realizing. Yeah, I, I feel like you weren't concentrating too much because <laughs> or you yeah. watched it on your phone because. No, no, I didn't. Hmm. Because it was interesting, though, because she she did act, you know, she did play the role of the villain, very villainous, and she was not, yeah. you know, she didn't have the same facial features at all. She wasn't can, giddy. Can you? I mean, she what had that cat. monster. What kind of monster drinks suicide soda? <laughs> I used to like suicide soda. Did, I think people like the idea of it, and then they get it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's really we've, good." We've all tasted it once. 
Yeah. <laughs> Just well, a little bit of lemon, a little bit of lemon tea at the end for the for the zest. <laughs> well, well, let me let me make a confession. Like I didn't know Sharon's name through the whole movie. I didn't get oh, it at all because when I was writing down in my notes, I just I kept I just wrote Tilda Swinton instead of Sharon <laughs> every time because I'm pretty sure right that's what she's going for. She's just like yeah. I'm going to play a Tilda Swinton villain here. Yeah, yeah. and it worked. Yep, Barb and Star. They yeah. did it. Okay. Uh, right, we have another movie, I guess. You're ready to take us through Mrs. Aris Goes to Paris? Uh, Mrs. Aris Goes to Aris uh, is a movie that came out uh, after Barb and Star Go to Vista Lamar, which is weird because that was a very recent movie. Okay. Picture yourself. It's London. It's 1957. And you're this, this woman who always wears floral colored dresses to the big, you know, neighborhood dance hall or whatever and uh she gets a package and we're like what's in the box what's in the box it turns out it's the personal effects of sergeant harris kia 1944 uh 13 years earlier yeah so it was a long time she was kind of like i guess her life was in a barb and star type limbo this whole time for 13 years so Uh, she hasn't dared to open this package for 13 years just holding out hope that he's still alive somewhere Oh, is that what happened? I thought it was like they just barely found out, like for sure, and that was. The and I thought parts. that she, I thought it wasn't that recent, but maybe she'd received it like a couple of years ago. Yeah, I th- I thought that that's kind of the feeling I had was that she yeah. had been holding on to it and she didn't want to open it because she was pretty sure she knew what was coming. I guess that's my question: Was it a couple of years ago, or was it nineteen forty four, or was it that week that she got that package? I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter uh, because. Uh, then she goes nuts all over town. Uh, she starts gambling like an addict. Uh, she picks up garbage and gets reward money for it. Um, and, uh, this nice young man comes over to deliver her, her old widow's war pension funds. And she yells him out of the house. Snaps at him. Yeah. Well, he like he started very poorly, right? He didn't start by saying, "Hey, I've got a pension towards you," but there's some details. He came out and said, "So your husband died on the twelfth, but we paid him through the 30th. Yeah, he really so. set that up. Yeah, I I was kind of thinking. I mean, whenever someone has financial discussions, I I kind of glaze over. I was I was thinking. I, I thought it was reversed. I thought they said he died on this day, but then he actually died later. And so you get a bonus and we put that into a compounded interest CD for you. And now you're a millionaire. <laughs> you I did kinda, glaze over. No. Yeah. So, so he said, he said, uh, he, he said, you know, I, please let me finish. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're owed a, a pension. But I guess the point of him bringing up the other thing is like, well, we have to deduct that from the pension, but it's not very much. And the pension is, you know, a, a good chunk of change. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, she has all that stuff going for her. Her day job is house cleaning this, uh, you know, uh, terrible person. She, she, I think she house cleans for Ricky's mom from Better Off Dead. I think that's... (laughs) (laughs) And Ricky's mom is uh, the worst because she's like, I don't have a time in the moment. And then she lies down and she chats with, she chats with Mrs. Harris. And then she's like, whenever like payment hints of payment come up she like changes the subject or leaves the room oh yeah she can't afford to pay her but she did buy herself a 500 pound dress 500 pound christian dior dress which 500 pounds i can't imagine paying 500 pounds for a dress today because the pound is usually more than a dollar right um 
and this is London 1957. And I hate doing this. I don't believe them. I don't. I think there are too many other factors. I I don't think it's as simple as an inflation calculator. But certain inflation calculators say that would be like you know, you know, uh, an 10, eight thousand or ten thousand or something dollar tax. Yeah, that's is, I think that's what we're shooting for. Yeah, that's a that's a price address. So which 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 could we just can I just mention one thing to um to to pull it back to be kind rewind. They were they were <laughs> renting films for a dollar. You know, thinking. Of, I was going to bring the, this up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We'll bring it up later. But they were ready for a dollar, and they said it was like twenty dollars, so they could make money. It's like they spent all their day making a movie, and then they, and then they rented it for twenty. I don't know. Okay, we'll go back to it. Sorry about that. It's, ahead, I, I do. I do want to. I I can't remember if I'm going to bring this up or not, but I think they eventually rented their first movie for twenty dollars, and then they like went out to dinner afterwards because that was like the <laughs> yeah. most, the most money. The most money they've ever made in a day a is day. twenty dollars <laughs> wow. because they're charging a dollar per rental. Okay, so, so that's John, my favorite part of Be Kind Rewind. Okay, did so, you forget the part where she lost all her money betting on Santa's Little Helper? I guess I did forget that part. So she lost all her money betting on Santa's little helper. And she was pretty much like yelling at the dog. Like, no, the finish line is that way. Cause she, okay. He pulled uh, a Santa's little helper. It was, he was winning and he stopped to like sniff his own. I I need to, I need to take a picture of my notes right now because I wrote, this is exactly what I wrote down. Hot couture pulls a sandals a little helper that's exactly what my notes say (laughs) right here yeah and and i i had a problem with her saying oh that dog's name is hot couture it's a sign and i i don't understand i feel like it was a massive reach that like oh she saw a dress she wants a dress she's really into dresses now that are really expensive because she cleans for someone who has a hot dress and then this dog's name is Hot Couture, and then she says, "Oh, it's a sign from my late husband that this dog is hot." What? Like, what power does her? What? Like, I don't see how it was a sign because she says it's a sign from her husband. She knows it. She has that much faith in it. But I don't even see how any. Well, of those he directed are her. He directed her. I mean, according to her, he, the late husband also had her find the jewel on the on the ground, and oh, it, yeah. it wasn't that he actually yeah. it was putting in uh, you know a secret message in the Haute Couture. But it was just him that was like helping her to be in the right guiding place at the right time to, yes. to guide See, her to those. Roy, a so, few weeks ago we talked about Star Wars, and you said Obi Wan Kenobi said, "Strike me down, I'll become more powerful than you've ever imagined," or whatever. I think that's what happened to Mrs. Harris's husband. <laughs> he has so the, the, the money force. Yeah. So if you remember Jason Isaacs, who plays Archie, with the guy who like works at the track, I was going to get to this. Was he, desperately trying to get her to not bet on, and I think he said, "No one ever wins off of a sign." Right. <laughs> right. Right. No, yeah. that's that's no, that's a good point. So anyway, he is yeah. Uh, Jason Isaacs is her friend that she kind of, I don't know, she kind of, I don't know if she has a crush on, but she is kind of like disappointed that he doesn't ask her to dance as much as he does or something. Yeah. Uh, And he actually, she loses the money, but he holds some money back. Which we don't learn till the very end. Yeah. And, uh, or at least till, till the very end of her sojourn in england which we're still not to paris yet so we may as well get there anyway the thing is all this stuff happens she has a lot of money she knows what she wants and she wants a dress from christian dior and so she pools all of her money and she flies to paris to buy a 500 pound christian dior dress so so jason isaacs so does she get the money from him because he tells her before she goes to paris and he says hey i held back 10 pounds i believe i bet it on the dog that everyone knew was gonna win (laughs) yeah yeah. I was wondering about that. Like if 
if and he, it was only ten percent. He he only like saved ten percent of her money, but then used it to to win big. So it wasn't like he was cheating, and because then, then it would have made it sound like if she would, if the dog would have win, would have won, she wouldn't have won the money because he didn't place the bet. So it was it was crafted. Is he not well. allowed to personally bet on the dogs because he knows who's going to win technically? Uh, I think it was definitely an under the table situation. Inside information. Right. It just it just seems like if he knows that dog's going to win and he's going to do her a favor and he's going to win her some money, then yep. he would do that every day. <laughs> well, because her, his supervisor was staring over his shoulder and he's like he's like let the money let the lady throw away her money, jerk, right? Like come on, take her bet. I and think so- I just concluded in my head, I'm not listening to you. I've concluded in my head that all the workers at the dog races know exactly who wins the race every time. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain that. Okay, very good. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anyway, she goes to Paris, she goes to the Christian Dior place, and uh, by the way, everyone at Christian Dior is lovely, except for um, the uh, Claudette Colbert, Isabelle Huppert, yeah. a famous French actress, I believe, right? She is famous, yeah, and this is a weird role for her. She's usually playing something quite a bit more of a stretch and very dramatic and ah. and sometimes even questionably sexual. Nice. Ooh. But she was not in this film. Okay, well, uh, that's news to me. But um, we, she's the one who is mean to Mrs. Harris, but everyone else is incredibly nice to her, including, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? His name is Andre. Okay, yeah. there actually is a mean customer who's there. But uh, Mrs. Harris doesn't know what going, what's going on. She assumes Christian Dior is like a department store. and uh, But it turns out this was actually kind of illuminating for me and I kind of wish they still did this, but I guess they don't do that anymore because she changed history. Mrs. Harris did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Michael J. Fox of 2022. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they do this thing where all the models, they kind of walk into the room and everyone writes down the dresses that they want. And if you're a spiteful person like uh, Mrs. Avalon, uh, you're going to find out which dress Mrs. Harris wants, and then you're going to swipe that dress out of out from under her because you have certain influence in French society and all that. Um, but uh, Mrs. Harris forms a fun relationship with the hot model who doesn't want to be a model. She hates it. She hates it because she's really into Sartre. And uh, her name is Natasha, and she's the uh, tortured, beautiful woman. And of course... Uh, Andre is the hot nerd who also works at uh, Christian Dior, and he's the one who really encourages everybody to be nice to her and to encourages the sale. And a little bit because she, also because she's scenes, got cash. She's got yeah, cash. He, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, after we the war. need this. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so it's like she has cash. Everybody else is just kind of you know we're falling head over heels, you know, on people's other people's credit. But, uh, you know, this company is in big, big trouble, probably because rather than uh, selling our dresses to people, uh, we put on like million dollar shows like once a month and uh, people (laughs) may want the dresses or they may not. And, uh, you know, there's a a giant room full of makeup artists and models and seamstresses that make one dress at a time. Anyway, uh, that's not how people make money doing dresses. Turns out. Hot take. Uh, so uh, not only one dress at a time. Not only one dress at a time. One dress. Period. 
Yeah, just just one dress. They're all yeah, working. Yeah, maybe on I one only dress. got one. Yeah, uh, she is disgusted to find out she has to stay in dirty, smelly, garbage-ridden Paris for two weeks while her dress is being made. Uh, she picks a dress, and in the meantime, uh, she endear she endears herself to everyone involved, uh, and she. Uh, helps Natasha and Andre get together because they both re- like reading books. And, you know, let's be honest, they're both extremely hot. Both of them are. Well, they've uh, been cursed. They've been cursed with beauty. Yeah, they've been and, cursed. And they, they, can't, yeah. they can't deal with it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I kind of didn't like, um, I really loved, uh, I mean, because Andre, he was like, he was the nerd accountant, but he was tall and he was gorgeous. So I don't mm. really know why. Uh, but okay, that. But they wanted to get past that. Ultimately, at the end of the movie, they become like um, scooter urchins in Paris, the two of them. Yes. <laughs> so, so good for them. Good for them. Uh, they, uh, they eventually finish Mrs. Harris's dress, uh, and she organizes a strike. They organize a new method of Christian Dior where they're going to pattern themselves far more on Sears than Christian Dior. So now – Everybody in the world can get a Christian Dior dress. Which we benefited from in high school. I swear all the tuxes I had to rent at Tim View were all Christian Dior tuxes from wherever that tux shop was on Freedom Boulevard in Provo. <laughs> Mine were probably Bill Blass. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to talk about what happened with the, the, the Marquis who it looked like she had a budding romance with. And then he made the super smooth move of saying, you remind me of the cleaning lady at my boarding school. Isn't that nice? Right. That there was that. I it's funny, Katie and I were talking about this a little bit. These kind of movies like uh you know, sometimes I don't quite know what I want because it's it's like, okay, there's this guy who was sort of he took her on some dates and then and she's like, Oh wow, looks like I still got it. But then he says, you know, you remind me of the cleaning lady. Um which is kind of a, an annoying things to say, but also I kind of felt like he really loved this person in his past. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. And I think, I think I felt that as well. And I think she was the one that was just creating the, the problem. You know, it's like he was, he, he loved the person for who she was and she was very mm-hmm. kind and that he was just saying, and you remind me of her and I'm, I'm wanting to give this, you know, another shot. I missed my chance there. And then she jumps on him. Right. Him so are you are you saying that he feels like he missed his chance with the cleaning lady when he was a kid? Oh yeah, that that, <laughs> that happens, Roy. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> it's it's like you know if circumstances are different, and now he's saying to her, he's saying to Mrs. Harris, circumstances are different. You gotta believe me. Come on, baby. But mm. no, I. I mean, but also I, because he's grown up, he's grown up, and now he's the man that he imagined he wanted to be with, mm-hmm. you know, the cleaning lady. He was probably only 18, you know. So he right. was like, you know, nine, she was 18, and now he's 50 and she's 50. But it's like I, Anakin and, and Amidala. Yes, it is exactly fine. like that. Yeah. It all comes it all comes back to Star Wars. I, I kind of okay, I just kind of feel like the movie these types of things, like they have to massage me perfectly and they have to they have to talk to me in a way that reestablishes my preconceived notions about these kind of things. I just wish more movies were, they didn't use the whole, she's just a cleaning lady kind of thing um, to say that someone doesn't respect somebody. I wish movies kind of moved the other way in, in saying, Hey, you know what? A cleaning lady has just as much respect and just as much humanity as Christian Dior himself. 
you know, like there is no difference. Like we, we should get away from the status differences of each other. Cause that's the only way we can compare. The only way we can understand each other is if we compare statuses to each other. And I think movies don't do a good job of getting and away they had, from that. And they had all of the, uh, they, I think they had all of the elements in this movie to do that. John, mm-hmm. I agree with you. They missed it because there was that sort of subplot of philosophy and about existentialism. And, and, and so they, they, they tried to get, you know, they tried to get sort of preachy and, and, and uh, academic on us, but they missed this opportunity to, 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 to show this particular lesson that you just outlined. It, right. would, it would have been simple and it would have been, it would have fit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, so it I kind of, I'm kind of happy the way it went, though, because no, I'm not saying you must stick to your class, right? Because by all means, like climb socially or, or whatever, and, and none of that even matters. It's just love. Love matters, right? Um, but it just it, it kind of showed that, that he was fond of her. And I didn't get that he was necessarily romantically fond of her. It's just that he found her kind and and like thought of her as her type of person is someone that he can admire and respect. But also that that he is not he has no idea what her life is like and he and and so she's just kind of kind of a caricature for him a little bit mm-hmm. so where he's he's so he's he's out of touch enough that he doesn't even realize that he hurt her feelings right he thinks that he's giving her a really high compliment yeah exactly and, and so and I, I love that she ends up with uh with mr isaacs um what a hunk so uh, right yeah he was more of a hunk so i guess that's good yeah, I was. I, well, uh, maybe a good alternative would have been if the Marquis had come back to England with her, and then we have fisticuffs. Yeah, yeah, and they <laughs> did. Vibe. They kind of did the like overhand boxing stance that like, overhand looks really boxing weird. and yeah. like doing the the, the yeah, like uh, what's his head did in uh, Creed three. That was the weirdest boxing style. Did you get around to seeing that? I didn't get around to seeing that. Are you saying Jonathan Majors kind of did like an old timey kind of stance? It's weird. His boxing style in that movie is so bizarre. Hmm. Well, whatever. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. Okay, the point is she comes back to England and she has a dress. She doesn't have any reason to wear it, but her actor friend neighbor person, um, like she is in desperate need of a dress because she needs to be seen at this party. And so she's like, fine, you can have this dress. I'll talk a lot more about that later in awards. But uh, anyway, the person, uh, this ditzy person sets the dress on fire and barely makes it out with her life. And she says, Mrs. Harris, don't worry. I'm okay. (laughs) But Mrs. Harris, (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Harris, like she's like, okay, I worked for this dress, this whole movie and she throws it off the bridge, but then she gets, a package from Christian Dior and says, you've saved our company. You've touched our lives. Here's another dress. We have all your measurements on file. Uh, so uh, yeah, go By live it way, up. I loved the way that resolved. I loved it to death. I loved that they saw the news article and they knew that she lost the dress because of who she is, right? Because mm-hmm. she's just so kind that there's no way she could. And and the girl didn't come to her apartment saying, "Do you have a really expensive dress? I need to borrow it." Right? Mm-hmm. Like she offered it because that's who she is. And then and then you know, kindness isn't always rewarded. But for her to finally and for her to finally get that gorgeous dress, and then she doesn't like wear it to some crazy ball. She's like at the YMCA or whatever, right? Yeah. But but I mean, it's just it's just perfect. It's just a perfect ending. And you're kind of. I, I I don't know what to think of you if you're watching this movie and when she says that the the temptation is the name of the dress that that's the one that she loves the most I think as soon as she says that you should probably be aware that she's going to end up with that dress at the end of the movie 
Um, but yeah, anyway, that makes the, sense. the way they got around to her getting that dress, I just loved it. I thought it was perfect. It's it's fair enough. I wouldn't call it perfect. The the, the big thing I have with this movie is. And, and I don't know, maybe I just can't really get into these movies because it's impossible to thread the line because the line is like either too far to the right or too far to the left of what I'm about to say. It just can't be done. <laughs> but the people at Christian Dior were too nice and they were nice already and they didn't need Mrs. Harris's influence to be better than they actually were. And uh, counterpoint to what you said, Mrs. Harris, not that nice, not the nicest not she was kind of normal there I, there so it wasn't kindness it wasn't kindness yeah. i'm going to stop you there john because they were nice and they did their job and they and they and they and they and they expected to you know make the wage that they made and they accepted their 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 standard of living but mrs harris came in and she was bold and courageous and she stood up to the system so it wasn't that she was nice that helped yeah. them through but she was bold and she was great and she said i want I, things need to be the, the the way that they they should be and that's when all of the hungarian actors and actresses that were playing french people that didn't look like french people <laughs> stood up and went into the office and, and stood up you know because because she was a real leader and i and i found that very interesting that that even today in 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 many in many places in Europe, people just put their head down. And they say, "I'm, I'm a, I got a job. I'm going to be a seamstress. And I'm going to be a seamstress forever." They don't they don't look at how they can make you know improvements. They just accept things for what they are. And this is the way that I live in this country, and this is the way it is. I am a seamstress. I will always be a seamstress. I'll retire at sixty two. Hmm. Okay. No that that is that's an interesting perspective. I always I always feel like everybody should put their head down. No one should rock the boat. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's 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 my perspective. But I I guess that's wrong. But boldly nice maybe is a different way to put it. And that's another. I think that's a that's a good element. Well, did you guys know that it was based uh, on a based um, loosely on a true story? They didn't say that at the beginning. Oh, I didn't know that. I I know that this this movie's been done before, and so this this isn't uh, a brand new story. But that's that's fascinating. That's a new story. So I kind of I felt like I, I feel like everything that she did in this movie, and maybe she like learned a little bit of courage. But I think that she was just really genuine. She was who she was, and and you kind of have the look at this crazy British lady visiting Paris, right? You have that sort of deal, but I don't know. I thought that she just did a great job. And, um, she, she, also the, you guys are right. You guys are raising the laurels of, um, uh, of what was his name. Andre back in the UK. I had a problem with him because he wasn't noticing Archie. her. Archie. Until, yeah, the until dress. she wore the dress. And then he's like, yum, you know? So, so <laughs> I kind yeah. of, I, the impression I was under was that he, he he kind of like he had a thing for her, but also was maybe maybe, maybe she wasn't too or, timid. Yeah, maybe I don't that's know. It. Well, she needed to be more beautiful and smile more often if she wanted to get him. And and, and she also she also changed. It wasn't just the dress. I mean, she also had the new attitude, and and she'd been through this experience, and she she'd uh, you know. So she probably came back with a little bit more glimmer or shimmer, shimmer. <laughs> starring from another movie. Now. Uh, I, I should point out, this isn't super important, but I do think it's kind of funny. Like the, the one plot point is the, the only reason Christian Dior was able to send her that dress at the end is because Madame Avalon was not able to pay for that specific dress because that's yes. the one she, Time because her husband, uh, I guess was hauled away because, uh, like he's responsible for the corruption in the garbage collection, I think <laughs> in Paris at the time. <laughs> 
I love how it all links together. Yeah. Now I, I'm I'm hoping that that's what the true story is based on. That there was this garbage strike in 1957 in Paris, and then they based this whole it. movie around that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, that is Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Uh, I'm not sure if I have any questions about this. It was very straightforward. I have nary a question. I've got one question. Okay, one question. Which is one more than nary. Um, so she's a great seamstress. She was able to, you know, put together and, and, and tidy things up and fix things for the people she was working with. And yet she had a very expensive dress that was burnt in the front with that top that was just gorgeous, you know, it's like beaded, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And she decides to throw it into the river. And for me, it's like, seriously, you know, is it, you're burying memories, you know, you're, you're, you're throwing it all away after you did that, save the top, you know, make, you know, do something, do something. You know, do something with it, you know, don't throw it in. Number one, don't throw it in the river because you want to <laughs> keep it. Number two, don't throw it in the river because that's polluting the river. Yeah. <laughs> that See? river is just full of burnt dresses. <laughs> She's not nice. She's a bad person. That would have been um, pretty good. It, if she was able to make something out of that, you know, then I think that would have been a better message than this dress, this item is so important that it has to be complete and perfect, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah so, and it wouldn't have worked like, because she got the, she finally got a dress from them in the end. So she had a dress. So you needed her to get rid of one. But they should have at that point they should have you know uh, made it burn up even more or or you know it had to be more ruined up to the top. Just like it was like yeah. ruined, touched in the front, and it was you know it had to be destroyed. So maybe if then who's who's the blonde girl? I just call her blonde neighbor. Yeah, neighbor. Yeah, no, maybe if neighbor had been. Um, viciously murdered in the dress, and it was completely yeah. soaked in blood. <laughs> so that's that's a good way, and she had to be buried in it. <laughs> By the way, like this movie starts with her over a bridge, and I on Facebook I I made a joke about like, don't do it, don't jump over don't, the bridge, Cause it, it, right? Because it kind of felt like uh, uh, it's a Too wonderful sad. life. Yes, and yes. Uh, Facebook wouldn't let me post that. What? Oh. It said, sorry, uh, this post did not go through. Would you like to edit it? And it just wouldn't let me post it because I posted about a movie character uh, who may or may not be contemplating jumping over a bridge. Wow. So come on, Facebook. <laughs> I but then at the same time, but at the same time, you were getting ads for antidepressants on the side. <laughs> so they didn't let you post it, but they knew what your your, your real yeah. you know, need was. All right. Now, oh, I just remembered I do, do have a question. Because at the very beginning of the movie, uh, and this is me just not paying attention, just like opening my notebook while the movie starts and not watching the beginning of it. But she does the, she's on the bridge and she does the coin flip. Yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of missed what that was about. Is the coin flip whether or not to kill herself or is the coin flip like whether or not her husband was alive or whether or not to open the package? Oh, I, I think the latter. Know. I think it was, okay. should, should I open the package or not? And then it kind of starts spinning. In yeah. sort of a, it like lands perfectly week, on the rail. Too. Like, yeah, I think it was whether or not to murder her neighbor. It could have been. Yeah, it, she's like, if she murdered that, like, kind of blonde, that busty blonde actor who lives next to her, then 
she would have not had the dress problem later and she would have so, had this high status and everything yeah. when we meet the neighbor for the first time i'm i kind i was like oh is is she like the cleaning lady at a bordello or <laughs> right right yeah, right, yeah. not the case we it's just that's just who the neighbor is it's so. just the way the neighbor presented herself in Ms. her Torso. under things and uh yeah and uh, bustier she was kind of I, I, she was, she seemed to be presenting some chestal assets to Mrs. Harris, like right at the beginning of the movie. So, okay, <laughs> some shirt potatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Recurring character. Okay. Anyway, all right. A lovely film uh, that annoyed me in some ways. Nevertheless, lovely. All right. Uh, hey. Should we do contact? Yeah, uh, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsor, which is us. Okay, so anyway, we're talking here. This is us. Uh, before I forget the number, give us a call, 801-896-4542, 801-896-4542. That's a Google number. It goes right to our voicemail. We will play your voicemail right here on this podcast. In the meantime, go to Apple Podcasts. Go to, uh, what's that thing that you love? Spotify. Go to Spotify. Uh, <laughs> give us thumbs up on there. Listen to us there. And... Um, and uh, definitely leave a comment and a review, and that'll get it so that we'll be able to build our community and It'd maybe, you know, may- maybe build a community of people that you like, maybe even more <laughs> than us. You know, it's like we want the community to happen. Go to our Blogspot page, yours, mine, theirs, podcast.blogspot.com. You can download all the MP3s directly if you feel that like uh, Apple Podcasts has a conspiracy against you and you don't want Apple taking your data. Or if you want to listen to one of our old podcasts, you know, say from beyond 30 podcasts ago, uh, they're all there for direct download. And it's very convenient. And of course, go to Facebook where you can do the voting. You can tell us, you can order us, nay, you can command us and rule over us in deciding which genres we watch and which movies we watch. Uh, and, um, and you, that's where you control our lives, uh, which is which is sad because we hate Facebook, but that's what we use. So, uh, I uh, did I miss anything? No, I, I mean power to the people. Uh, you have decided our next category, and you're about to pick a movie, and I won't give it away because that's future business. Future business is on its way after awards, everybody. Yep. All right, you ready for some fancy awards? Fancy awards. Let's do this. Hey, Dale, John, and I do this in a different order. I hope it doesn't throw you off too much. I have them all in front of me. I'll find uh, the right answers to the right questions. So I'm really sure. Maybe at some point it would be smart for John and I to get on the same page, but that that sounds like effort. So never, never going to happen. Okay. Best title, Dale, what's your favorite title? These three films. It was tough because they were all rhyming. They were all cute. That was part of the sub sub uh, um, group of films. I chose for best title, the shortest be kind. Rewind. Also, because it's a little bit nostalgic, and you know, we we used to do that in the eighties. So, be kind, rewind for me. Did either of you own the device at home that <laughs> whose sole function was to rewind, rewind your, them quickly? Rewind your tape? <laughs> no, I know I'm you glad. guys did. No, we didn't. I'm I'm glad we didn't. I, I, that's what your VCR does. Your VCR will also rewind. I, I remember rewinder at your tape at your at your house growing up. Okay, I, I remember. I remember some rewinders, and I liked it because you could start watching another film. You didn't have to oh, wait yeah. for your VCR to to rewind it. So you could actually put in another film, and then have the other machine rewind it. That, which All is right. which is kind of nice. I, I think it's just as a side thing that whole concept: be kind, rewind, and having fines for not rewinding the tapes. 
I, I think it's kind of funny, just the whole concept of, hey, we're going to fine you a dollar because if you don't do our work for know, us, like, like the next the next person is going to have to wait two minutes to rewind the tape. And, you know, we don't want I think th- the concept of just rewinding tapes, it was just it was just a thing. you did. I don't know. I, I don't know why it was such a big deal to have to rewind tapes all the time. <laughs> all right. Hey, Dale, let's do this now. If you could have named Be Kind Rewind and still had a rhyme, what would you have done? I don't think I, that's a good one. I, I, I chose to do that uh, for the other films. I couldn't think of one for Be Kind Rewind. Uh, oh, Blast from wow. the Past. I've, I've oh, Blast from the Past works. Blast from the Past. Yeah. Sure. All right, John, what about you? What's your uh, your favorite? I mean, you know, let's go ahead and, and this is a good time to just do them all. Uh, Dale, what are your rhymey uh, titles for the other films? Uh, I, okay, I had one. Mrs. Harris fits in Paris. A couple of double entendre on she she fits oh. like the dress and she fits in like you know oh, so and and she fits like she it, she she was she was it was fitting that she was there. <laughs> My favorite title is Barb and Star Go to Vista del Mar. I think because it has like maybe one half more rhymes than the other ones. <laughs> Uh, my uh, my new title for Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar is um, so, uh, Soft Rock Nebraska Girls with Pearls versus the Mosquito Bandito from Vista Del Mar. Oh, very good. Did you have alternates for the other titles? Yeah, let's see here. Um, uh, Jack Black hacks tapes, then apes tapes. <laughs> um, and then my one for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is a chip up... <laughs> A chip off the old block gets a new frock. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, my my pick was uh, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar as well. So here's my alternates uh, for Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I put I have a wham bam. Welcome to the seafood jam. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the well seafood jam is going to come up in the awards. Yeah. Multiple times. Okay. All right. Uh, be kind. Rewind. I've got movies needed. Get it. Sweeted. And for Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Christian Dior for rich or poor. Oh, great rhymes. Yeah, it was lovely. So, all right, movie poster, John. Well, Barb and Star riding the shrimp. I I think like the, the, I have a new, okay, you know, you know, all my rules for movie posters, you know, I like the, the blues and the darks and these things and, and not having, you know, all this stuff. I I've developed a bunch of rules. This is, I just realized a new rule, an event in the movie that never takes place in the movie that's on the poster. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, the shrimp. that happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. That was in Shawshank Redemption because it was a different take. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but if you're going to do that, it may as well be a massive event like Barb and Strahr riding a massive a shrimp. shrimp. Yeah. In the air. Yeah. In the air, a flying shrimp. <laughs> I think the shrimp is imbued with the spirit of Trish. All right, Dale, what's your favorite movie poster? Uh, my favorite movie poster was Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, and the reason was I felt it was it was the one that sort of was the most fitting of 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 what movie you're going to see. Um, I, and they're all, they're they're all. I mean, you got you got Jack Black and Mustaf writing a tape. That's it's not like a Aladdin style. That's not right. You got Barb and Star writing a shrimp, which was in the movie. But here you have Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. She's very confident. You've got a few stars in the background. Uh, I like the I like the colors, and and she looks good. So it's she's kind of in between that that you know she's got a fit haute couture sort of look, but she's she's pretty confident. She knows where she's going. 
Okay. So for me, um, when I look at the Barbon Star Go to Vista Del Mar poster, I feel like I have immediately consumed a pound of cotton candy, <laughs> uh, which is not a bad thing. So that's my pick. Good. All right. Best tagline, Dale. The best tagline, the real tagline? Yep. Uh, I think it was, um, you name it, we shoot it. Ah, very good. Okay. John, what'd you got? Uh, I picked the same thing. I want to give a shout out to the tagline for Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, which is, I alluded to it earlier, everywhere you rent movies, February 12th, 2021. <laughs> I almost picked it. But I went ahead and played it straight, and I went with this Valentine's Day weekend, fall in love, which is a really weird tagline for that movie. But uh <laughs> So, all right. So, let's hear your alternates. Dale, what do you got for your alternates? Um, I have an alternate tagline for um, Mrs. Uh, Harris goes to Paris. Okay. Mrs. Harris, she cleans up right good. Uh, And then I have uh, a modern take on Cinderella, but set in the past. Hmm. All right. Did you do alternates for any of the others, or is that the one? Uh, That's the one. Okay. John, let's hear your alternates. Okay. Alternates. Be kind, rewind. Uh, DVDs have better picture, but you can't record something better over them. <laughs> uh, Barb and Star. Uh, they're in Vista Del Mar, and they're making Trish proud. <laughs> uh, and then Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. It took 13 years to get out of her commitment to a dead man. <laughs> okay. <the> drama. <laughs> So for my alternates, I, I have the the taglines immediately under the title. So you got to read the title as well. So it's Be Kind, Rewind, Movies Destroyed, Never You Mind. Hmm. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar and spend their money at the Seashell Bar. Mrs. Harris <laughs> goes to Paris and finds that kindness is the fairest. <laughs> oh. All right, then. Best opening credits, Dale. Uh, the best opening credits for me were definitely Barb and Star. Um, we're talking not just the when you ask this question, you're not talking about the the, the way that the credits are presented, the font, etc. You're you're talking about the scene, everything. The, the, yeah. yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah, it was Barb and Star. I was I was like I said, torn. I didn't know I was in the right movie. I would have walked <laughs> out of the theater and tried to find the right movie house because I had, no, it, it it didn't it didn't ring Barb and Star. But uh, I and 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 another award will come up from the opening credits. I just thought it was just uh, beautifully done. Wacky, um, stupid, and it set the pace for this wacky, stupid film. Very good. What do you think, John? I'm giving uh, exactly what Dale said a later award, but not opening credits. Uh, I'm going to go with Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris because it has this nice, lovely little painting of Mrs. Harris, uh, and then it kind of fades in from there. It was just kind of a lovely little animation. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, I also went with Barb and Star Go to Visit Del Mar. Just fun. Okay, now we're going to move to best titular line. Mm. And um, so maybe you can help me do this, John. Um, and I'm counting this as a titular line. Okay, and if me you too. can't help me. Okay, so ready? Yeah. Barb? Star. Let's, Let's go, go to, to Vista Del Mar. Del Mar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very mine. good. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> okay, I had, I had a runner up. I had a runner up. Uh, what honor- you got? Honorary mention. Uh, at one point, um, at one point, uh, Mrs. Harris herself says, "Paris, here I come." So it's her saying she's going to Paris. <laughs> yeah. So she didn't have to say Mrs. Harris because it's her. 
Very Sorry. good. And then Stretch. she turned and winked. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, technology. Okay, technology. Okay, this is an easy one, and it's the cannon that shoots the seafood queen into the ocean. <laughs> exactly at the right amount because yeah. she sets it. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. What's yours, Dale? Uh, also from the same film, but it was actually the culottes that parachuted them down into safety from the alligators. I feel a little cheated. We never got to see the denim culottes. <laughs> <laughs> Part two. All right. So uh, I uh, I went with the frying pan that stops magnetism. I guess you got to hit Jack Black in the face and then the magnetism turns off for a short mm. period of time. I've seen so, that. You've seen that? Okay. Yeah. So you can verify that's good. Okay. Mm. All right. Then Dale, what's your favorite name? My favorite name is, I have, uh, it was Yo-Yo. Um, but I had an honorable mention of just sweeted and being sweeted. So calling the, calling, you know, giving a verb to the, to the, to the whole nation of Sweden. <laughs> All right, John, what you got? Favorite name. All right. Well, I'm going to have to go with Ron Quicksilver, who is <laughs> Barb's old husband because of the remarkable similarity to our other best name in our, our Star Trek podcast, Ronald Silvermage. Ronald Silverman. Yeah. So we completely forgot to mention uh, Damon Wayans Jr., right? Who plays the the oh, private detective? Oh, he'll show up later. Okay, I can't. Remember. He's got a pretty great name too. But I, I uh, uh, let's see, Dale, you gave your favorite name. Yeah, Yo Yo. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so the name that I'm going with, I, the character's name is Claudine, but at some point someone calls her Lulu, so it's Lulu Colbert. Oh, how do you get Lulu from Claudine? I have no idea, but I want to yeah. say our our yeah. guy who's like really sexy and smart and turns the company around at some point, he like calls her Lulu. So, okay. Because um, they're on those kind of terms. All right, then. Well, wait, hang on really quick. Uh, Damon Wayne's character's name is Darley Bunkle. Yeah, Darley Bunkle. That's right. <laughs> and um, my honorable mention for best name is one of the dogs. One of the dog names is Clever Count. I like that Ooh, for a racing nice. dog name. Clever count. Mm. All right, John, what's your favorite outfit? Favorite outfit? Well, uh, this is obvious. This is the most obvious one. And it's definitely, and I, I can't believe there was no fuss about this, but it's the Puerto Rico. I love the Puerto Rico. The Puerto black Rico, satin. Yeah, white polka dots. Um, and it, it was just, it was phenomenal. The Puerto what Rico. What number was that? Uh, shoot, I didn't get a number. I, I got it. I wrote them all down. Okay. I, I had to pause multiple times. The Puerto Rico <laughs> is number. Oh, I don't know which number of dress it was. They stopped giving the number, um, ah, but I did right. give it a nine out of 10. I do love the Puerto Rico. Okay, good, good. It's got my highest rating as well. It's less than 73 because the Venus is 73 and that comes after yeah. Puerto Rico. Okay. So you guys both chose the Puerto Rico. So they didn't give this dress a number or a name and I'm going to call it the tin roof Sunday. It's the white one with the black rings around the skirt which I okay. just thought was gorgeous. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. I think I think I almost. I, I had a, an honorable mention, and um, I, and I'm serious about this. I thought she looked quite nice. Uh, she was be a cleaner from the the UK. I mean, she's a cleaner from London, but I thought she looked quite nice. And she had a little sailor outfit that that. Oh yeah. Was, it was fitting for the time, you know, and it was actually quite a nice. I mean, that was an honorable mention for me because she looked she looked better than she should have. As as a just a cleaning lady, you know she should have been she should have been less because because the 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 change from when she actually put on the dress or not because she looks so good all the time, yeah, was was a miss for me. Hmm. Okay, 
All right. Well, John, there's a lot of aliens in these movies. Who's the best alien? Uh... Uh, I, I put, um, Tilda Swinton is what I wrote down. I guess her name is Sharon. Uh, <laughs> she is not of this world, especially when she puts on those crazy blue goggle glasses. Those are great glasses. Yeah. All right, Dale, who's your favorite alien? Uh, we're the alien, uh, mm-hmm. Sigourney Weaver, obviously in theme. Oh, oh yeah. Alien. Wow. Well, really, that's really good. So I just went with Mrs. Aris, who is not a, uh, a citizen of France. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dale, your favorite special effect. My favorite special effect was Edgar climbing the palm tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just, that was really that good. His fingernails. Yeah. While singing. Oh, that song thought, was great. They film that? <laughs> oh man. All right, John, uh, what's your favorite special effect? Uh, it's one of the effects in movie effects from Be Kind Rewind when they decide to shoot at night. So they just hit the button on the oh. camera that just inverts everything. But then they're like, oh, our faces are black now. It's like, okay, well, let's Xerox our faces the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard when I saw that. Yeah. Uh, so when, so from when they did Ghostbusters, I loved the proton beams that were just like. <laughs> just kind of dangling from wire. It was, kind it was of? like yeah. garland. It was like it was garland. Christmas on, garland, yeah. Christmas garland, yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought that was so good. Okay, favorite location, Jonathan. Uh, well, uh, the Vista Del Mar Hotel, not motel, but the hotel. Yeah, the motel sucks. Yeah. All right, Dale, what you got? Best location was Budapest. So, oh, did it, they do all the filming in Budapest? It, it yeah, it doubled as as both London and Paris. Oh wow! Uh, for most of the filming, and uh, so uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was Paris. For, I mean, it was, it was vicariously Paris, but but Budapest because it was able to stand in for two cities. Now, Dale, you've been there, I assume, a bunch of times, right? To Paris or yeah. Budapest? Budapest. Yeah, I've been to. Well, Budapest. I mean, it, it's it I mean, does it seem was, kind of cheap, right? But isn't isn't it because Budapest? It's like okay, they. It, it, it's just like they have an older traditional style to the architecture, so it is able to. Yeah, they, they they probably filmed it in a. I mean, a lot of it was on set, I think, too. But they filmed mm-hmm. it in just some some very um, basic, you know, nonsense areas where the trash was. You saw the trash on the streets and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was Budapest. It was just a neighborhood, <laughs> a random neighborhood in Budapest. It wasn't like downtown Budapest. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give in to the fantasy that we're in Paris, and I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and pick that. And John, you've been to Europe a couple times. I'm assuming you've made it to Paris? I've never made it to Paris, and I won't make it to Paris next week either. Okay. So, I don't know. Paris is one of those cities that gets talked up a lot, but also Paris is a really great city. And mm-hmm. I'd be game to go again. So, all right then. Um, best song. It's time for the best song. And so, we have... We're going to do this the fancy way. And let's start with Dale. Now, did you guys like give me like a five minute song or is it like a clip of the song? Uh, I think I know I, I gave clips. So I think, I think we have about 30 seconds. If this is the first time we're doing this, right? So let's see if it's too long or whatever. First song. Yeah. Here we go, guys. Ready? Okay. This is Dale's pick for best song. All right.
claws. <laughs> that's that, I mean, that's in Vista del Mar, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the very, very first uh, thing we see and hear in Vista del Mar in the opening credits. And I just, and I love, I love how much I hate that song, and <laughs> and it just was perfect for me. I mean, I saw that, I thought I'm gonna love this movie. I didn't know um, you hated that song. I. I it's uh, one of those listen things. To the words, listen to the words. Watch them sing to each other. Listen to the words. It's it's nauseous. Really? Okay. Okay. I never I never listened to the words, but it's like one of those things where I like I've heard that song on the radio, and I didn't realize I didn't realize it was Barbara Streisand and Mary Gibb. You know, I don't know who uh. it is, but it's like uh, you know, it's it's a it's a familiar tune, but there's something about seeing it like someone enjoying the song <laughs> and knowing all the words <laughs> yeah, and having that on the playlist. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And it's like, it's like, we have nothing to be guilty of. It's like, they're, they're, they're justifying a uh, 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 trice that they're in, I believe, um, uh-huh. you know, they shouldn't be guilty about that because it's pure love. And this guy's riding his bicycle, throwing, throwing bombs at houses. And he's saying <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> nice. Very fitting. Okay. All right, John, Minus ready from for the yours? same movie. Yeah. Okay, here we go. To the right, I'm a frustrated <laughs> man. Now I'm flicking my tiptoes to kick up the sand. Cause I can't understand all this fire that's raging inside me. Seagulls in the sand, can you hear my prayer? I keep trying, but I'm getting away. Heads in a fog, I'm under her spell. Doing the splits from my heart Going, going higher and higher My legs spread apart Now I'm twirling <laughs> Like a baby ballerina Who's digging a hole With the force of his feet Okay, what a great song <laughs> I want to believe that song is called uh, Seagulls in the Sand Okay, do you know what the song is called? I don't know, what's it called? It's called Edgar's Prayer Edgar's <laughs> Prayer <Yeah. laughs> and it's so great my favorite part of the song is because I, I said I watched again because you know it's like Edgar is so like torn up about his relationship with Star with Kristen Wiig <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and he's doing these dances he's like saying he's just describing the dances he's doing on the yep. beach he's just running <laughs> back and forth on the beach doing these leaps and doing these like kind of uh, ballet moves and everything and the beach is so crowded it's just so crowded <laughs> full of people and everyone is just minding their own business, not even seeing it. <laughs> that would have been hard because it's like, okay, one more take, you know, no, lady in black, don't look up again. One more yeah. take. And Edgar's like, oh, fifth time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, here's my song. It's uh, from a different movie. And uh, anyway, here we go. down the street and you see a little ghost what, what you gonna do about ghostbusters what 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 is that that's the ghostbusters theme song no i'm pretty sure it is <laughs> that was my honorable mention i wrote that down <laughs> ghostbusters i love while he's that. singing it and most devs just going yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like so like that's kind of how they when they started filming ghostbusters that's when like i really got into that film anyway anyway yeah. i thought that was pretty great all right there you go there's the best song so speaking of most deaf my guest star is most deaf and, okay uh, right yeah john what about you uh i'm gonna go with uh tommy bahama as himself apparently <laughs> 
All right. And Dale, who's your guest star? I also had Andy Garcia as Tommy Bahama, but you recognized him as Andy Garcia, right? Because he gave I, himself in the credits, Tommy Bahama. He didn't want to be known as it was Andy Garcia. <laughs> yeah. and, like he's, and he I didn't had, credit Andy Garcia, yeah. <laughs> I had, as honorable mentioned, Kermit. Very small role. Oh, Judy, yeah, Dench, Judy Dench. Judy Dench pulled it off. She got an Oscar for something she did. Her Kermit was 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 briefly on screen. They, they Kermit the Frog. Yeah, they said little legs. She's got little legs. I don't need. I don't need. Oh, yeah. I, don't need uh, uh, I only think of Kermit frogs. riding the bike. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need frogs. Mm. Have you guys had frog legs? Uh, I did once. They taste like chicken. I think I did yeah. once. This is like wet pretty, chicken. It's like chicken and water. Pretty extraordinary. Yeah. <laughs> so small. I mean, you have to eat so many. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so let's do external recurring character. Dale? Uh, got? I had Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Mor- Again? It was my second, uh, second week in a row. I had Morgan Freeman as Morgan, the external recurring Morgan character. Freeman. Yeah. Freeman Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. He was the crap. It was actually not his oh, voice, right. but he, he sounded like. No, it, it was not. It's it's funny because whoever impersonated Morgan Freeman did it in a way that made it sound more like Morgan Freeman. Like you're supposed to be like, wait, you're supposed to immediately think, hey, is that Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Before they kind of <laughs> clear it up later. Yeah. Gentlemen, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> and we have another award for that. So, okay. So, um, John, who's your external recurring character? Uh, I have one honorable mention for uh, Jason Isaacs as Captain Lorca from Star Trek Discovery oh, yeah. Season 1. There you go. Uh, and But no, my recurring character is obviously Sigourney Weaver. She was in Ghostbusters, and then she was she came in and she was mad that they remade Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, well, I'm going with the Lady Amalthea from The Last Unicorn, played by Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I read it. one review that said Mia Farrow, barely acting. all right john do you have an internal recurring character i'm gonna go with Kristen wig who plays uh star and tilda swinton very good (laughs) dale who's your internal my internal recurring character is tardiness because gail got locked out of the talking club because Mm. she was one minute late and mrs harris she messed everything up because she sleeps in and misses the appointment. Oh, that was another thing I was going to mention about Mrs. Harris. Like, the, the measure guy, he has the right to just call all dresses off if someone's late like that. <laughs> yeah, just, I know. Like, change the Ms. whole company. Yeah. Ms. Colbert's like, what can we do? There's nothing we can do. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, I'm going to go with a real one. This is Laura Sevier, uh, who is, uh, her job is music licensing. Hmm. And she licensed the music for Barb and Star as well as Be Kind Rewind. Oh, wow. A lot of music. What do, you, what do you do? You put them all like in an Excel chart and then like look up like doubles? I don't I don't know. I assume that you're the person who reaches out to the record company and says, We're gonna use your song. And how sure, much right. do I, I don't doubt I don't doubt that that's what she does. How do you yeah. do? How do you find the, find the Oh, the, how do the, I find the it? International recurring character. Yes, sir. There is a website called IMDB Collaborations. So ah, it's okay. cheating. Okay. I don't call. I don't know of it. I don't know. I'm assuming John uses it sometimes too, since he introduced me to the website. Well, it's 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 on IMDb, but there's like under advanced search. You do. Yeah, you don't have to do the pro. This is a secret thing, by the way. This is since you ask us, we're we're telling you, but we haven't told anybody else because this is like a super secret thing that we use. Yeah. Well, all twelve of them are listening right now, so they'll know now. (laughs) I'm not going to go into more detail than that, everybody. So, okay, don't Google IMDb collaborations; you'll ruin our secret. Yeah. So, 
All right, then let's move on to the best death. And this is kind of a tough one for me because I don't know if there was like one that I was happy about. But Dale, then who is your best death? My best death was I had to look up his name. There, were, there weren't a lot of deaths in these in these three yeah. movies, but my best death was Doctor Bradley uh, from the opening scene uh, when he got uh, when when his own mosquitoes were were charged or sick, sicked on him. Oh, yeah. oh, that's good. Yeah. All right, John, what do you got? Okay, honorable mention. Sorry, uh, Mister Harris. It took him thirteen years to die. <laughs> So that's a long, agonizing death. But the winner is Star was talking about this when they were talking about their Trish conversation. She goes, remember I was in that hit and run and that lady passed? Her name was Trish. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So you honorable mentioned it, but I'm going to go ahead and give it to Mr. Harris because without him dying and and, uh, giving the pension, then she doesn't ever go to Paris. So you died, but it served a purpose, sir. And you were able to wear a Dior tux three years in a row at Timview High School. Thank you. Because this man died. That's right. <laughs> uh, probably probably more like two or three times a year. I don't know if you remember Timview, but when we were there, I swear there were at least three formal dances every year. And there was a dance every single month. And I guess that's a really weird Utah thing because when I talk to other people who didn't grow up in Utah, they think it's really weird. But like there's there's homecoming and there's prom and that's it, folks. But like we didn't rent a tux for homecoming though. No, you only rented a tux for junior prom when when I was back in the See, day. And senior dinner dance. Nope, didn't have it. I rented. Yeah. I think I rented three tux, three tuxes. So, I went to junior prom. I then I went to prom the senior year and then I did senior dinner dance. I think. You sure we didn't rent tuxes for homecoming? No, no. Uh, Check your photos. They're bad uh, suits. Bad my 90s very, suits. My very wise mother. Um, bought a tux for no, all of her children she no she she won't admit it but she threw away all my high school dance photos because they're all the same girl and my wife doesn't need that noise so <laughs> all right okay uh let's see i think okay we're on to villains let's do villains john who's your villain all right well and definitely I just changed mine because i was wrong about the name <laughs> <laughs> madam avalon uh and also her co-conspirator matilda the world's first goth chick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dale, who's your... Uh... Yeah, I had Madame Avalon uh, as honorable mention. I gave the best villain to Debbie. Debbie is the SNL uh, cast member that you quoted earlier, her name, back in the talking cl- talking circle. Oh, she was mean. Vanessa Bayer, was, yeah. Yeah, she was mean. She played that well, too. She was yeah. quite Give me your soup. With a B. <laughs> <laughs> That's the rule for speaking out of turn. Uh, so my honorable mention is Lady Dant. And that is the yes. lady that yeah. Ms. Harris is a housekeeper for who's just the worst. Never paid her bills. Yeah. She's the worst. And she probably shouldn't be my honorable mention. She should probably win it. But for my my winning villain, because it was a fun, delightful villain, let's go with, I now call her Sharon, not Nikki. <laughs> now known as Sharon. All right. Okay. It's hero time. Uh, Dale, who's your hero? Uh, I think we've all got the same one on this. I'll just say it for all of us. One, two, three. Trish. Trish. Oh, <laughs> oh I didn't pick Trish. I should have. That would have been a good pick. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, she saved them from the depths of the sea. Hmm. And you know and who played that role, right? She's so good at Christmas. Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre, McIntyre. Yeah. She's so good at Christmas. She buys presents for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, my hero, I went with Alma. 
uh, from Be Kind Rewind. Kind of, oh, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, I guess she was just looking for a way out of her dry cleaning job, but it, I also kind of feel like she did a lot for Jack Black and Most Def when she definitely did not have to at all. Yeah. Uh, and Including uh, Almost, a romantic encounter, but that was never developed. Yeah. Which... <laughs> You know, and sometimes you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I'm kind of glad they didn't get together because them having fun making movies is plenty. That's that's great. And she uh, she had a lot of good movie ideas, so I'm picking her. Oh, very good. All right. Um, and so, so my hero then is it's just Mrs. Harris. Uh, she just made a lot of good. You have a soft happen. spot for Mrs. Harris. You I do. Awards. I okay. Well, we'll get there. I'm glad I chose that. I'm glad I chose that film. Yeah, thank you, sir. She yelled at that guy who came to her door. Yeah, that'll teach him. Yeah, to lead with uh, your husband. Your dead husband owes us money. Maybe don't lead with that. <laughs> yeah, he's a little cold. So, all right, okay. Best movie goof. It's movie goof time. Uh, I'm going to start because I'm grumpy about this. I have an honorable mention that I'll do later, but mm-hmm. um, so the. They either had to jump off a cliff or get eaten by alligators. But as it turns out, on land, alligators aren't super fast. And there seemed to be an awful lot of space to both the right and left Hmm. for them to make an escape. So your goof isn't that culottes don't work as parachutes in real life. Yeah, I can accept culottes working as parachutes. I just think they should have... Not denim. Not denim. Denim wouldn't have... Uh, Denim maybe as a flotation device. That's what I learned in Boy Scouts. But... Um, I think that Barb and Star could have just uh, said goodbye to Tilda Swinton and and run to the right, and they would yeah. have been fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, John, what's your movie goof? Okay, the the winner. This is yeah. It, it's that uh, Pamela, Mrs. Harris's actress friend. There's no way she's fitting into Mrs. Harris's dress. <laughs> oh no, kidding! <laughs> like two weeks. Like it, I, I wanted footage of of Pamela at the party she was going to, where you could just hear the stitching slowly ripping. Just popping yeah. all right dale what's your movie goof? yeah mine's not as sexy or exciting but it's when they go to win uh when they go to bed on the horses or the sorry the the dogs in mrs harris yeah and they're just sitting chatting in this stadium and i and i know that they wanted to film it in a stadium but it's obviously got these very modern plastic seating seats oh, yeah. and for me it looked like it was it was, you know, you know how you used to go to BYU games and it was like, uh, I don't know, it's like, uh, what was it? Um, fiberglass they had the plastic, bench. Fiberglass benches <laughs> and there was other materials, you know, no plastic. This is 1957 and we're looking at like, you know, the the the, the most modern uh, plastic seating fit for the 2026 Olympics. <laughs> so yeah, that, they should have painted me. them wood or something. They, they, oh. they annoyed me. They, they could have done that anywhere. You know, they had it right in the middle of this big, huge modern stadium took me out of 1957 like the penny took christopher reeves out of the bastard i love that movie so much because in that movie uh we have and my 25th wedding anniversary is because of that movie i'm actually gonna spend the weekend in the grand hotel on mackinac island well don't put any pennies in your pocket i will not bring any pennies all right. Uh, okay. So my honorable mention is the the Sigourney Weaver shows up and they're going to confiscate all the tapes and they're going to sue the pants off of them. But also they say she tells her guy, take all these tapes and destroy them. But 
if they destroy the tapes, then there's no lawsuit because destroy the evidence. That's their evidence. <laughs> like we just say for best movie goof, I, I, the movies on the shelves of um, Be Kind Rewind were never in the same place. I mean, that that movie's a mess. <laughs> that whole that that there was a goof every minute in that movie, and so I didn't pick it just because it was just the whole yeah. movie was so goofy. But, maybe that girl kept coming back and rearranging the <laughs> order of the movies. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's why it only costs a dollar. To rent the movies, <laughs> and you could only like, rent two. You can only yeah. rent two because we only want two of your dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever remember like one of those glorious Friday nights when you'd come home and there would just be like six movies rented from the movie store <laughs> for the whole rainy weekend? Yeah, for the whole weekend, man. Okay. Well, well right. wait, wait, wait. I have an honorable mention. It's also oh, from sure, Be Kind Rewind, and it's the multiple times when it, it shows like. Uh, the movies that they're making and it shows them in the camera with the special effects. And then it cuts to the medium shot of the person holding the camera. It's often Alma like running alongside of the car and she's, she's pointing the camera away from the the previous shot. She's just like running with the camera. It's just like, we have a camera and it exists, but we're not pointing it at anything. Oh man. All right. Well, speaking of, speaking of how funny that was, John, I need your funniest moment from any of these movies. Okay. It's in talking club and it's when they decide to talk about jobs, but uh, Phyllis from the office wants to talk about horses. <laughs> she even goes to the point of like bringing a saddle <laughs> to the <laughs> to talking club. But like when, as soon as someone says something funny about jobs, she goes, <laughs> she laughs like a horse. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be an external recurring. Remember when we did um, uh, Ever After, and uh, and ja- Jocelyn, Jocelyn or Jacqueline goes. Oh, it does. Yeah, that must have been that must have been why I laughed so hard this time. That was my favorite part of Ever yeah. After. All right, what's the funniest moment from these films, Dale? For me, the funniest moment was from Barb and Star, and it was when they were packing for to go to Vista Del Mar, and you saw this overhead, you know, sort of drone shot of them packing and. <laughs> Kristen Wiig says, toilet scrubber and back scrubber. (laughs) (laughs) So she's making, she's like able to put one item in the box and it serves two purposes. And then, (laughs) and then you see a rope go in, you know. Oh, I know. (laughs) It's like you see a rope go in. Where are my curlers going to go? I need my curlers. That Andy Dufresne's rope. Yeah, well, at the end, like when they get tied up, like we we definitely shouldn't have packed the rope, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Okay, so for me, funniest moment was in Be Kind Rewind when they're filming the Fats Waller movie and they film Fats being born. And <laughs> no. it's just like most deaf and he's coming out of like these sheets from the fake bed. It's, well, it's it's not it's not most deaf. They got like the six-year-old kid. Yeah. Some yeah. six-year-old kid. Okay, yeah. It's just, oh my God. Definitely it's, not a baby, like some old yeah. kid being born. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was really good. But there's no time for laughter, John, because now it's time to cry. And Dale, what is your key of D minor moment? Uh, I think when you guys might have had the same. It's when it's when she realizes that he's he only uh, in in Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. It's when it's like it's very well filmed, you know. And kind of we're we're kind of taken along for the ride. We think he's romantically involved with her, and then he says, "You remind me of her." Look, and then she says, um, y- "You my cleaner? You know, I make you think of my cleaner." Uh, that was from pretty sad. Was she yeah, a really good cleaner, though? I think she was a really good cleaner. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't. No follow-up questions, huh? She says, so, that's how you see me as a cleaner. And then she just walks out. So that is also my yeah. D minor moment. Yeah. John, what about you? Uh, that one's okay. Uh, but it's not nearly as sad as uh, Gail getting locked out of talking club. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and staying there. Yeah, staying there all night. Just like, ah, yeah. I thought that was funny from outside the door. All right, John, what is your best what the heck moment? All right. Uh, I was alluding to this earlier. You knew it was coming, but it's the beginning of Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar where, when you're like, is this the right movie? That I watch? <laughs> because it's it's the kid throwing newspaper bombs, and then he walks up to a tree, and an owl scans him, and he goes into an underground base. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dale, what's your what the heck? What the heck moment? Uh, it was uh, Jack Black blackface. Oh, and, we didn't discuss that. Yeah, I, I was, I, I thought it was inappropriate, and I know that they also thought it was inappropriate, so they all stopped and stared at him. But it, they were trying to make it finally inappropriate, and I thought, you know, I don't get that. I, I personally, I don't get why that is a big issue if it's, if it's just, you know, uh, you know, no one's. I don't know. It's because it's got deep roots, right? So I just don't think it was appropriate. I yeah, I meant have to an ask, issue like, with it. But. Is there ever any time in any movie under any context where it is appropriate to use blackface? Because they're obviously trying to point out that he's uh, inappropriate, he's making a horrible racist decision, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just not sure that that <laughs> giving him all the silence, the, the evil looks, you know, don't do that. But it, but it's in a comedy, and they're they're doing it kind of for the laugh. And still doing, yeah, 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 yeah. I I think I mean I did I giggled a little when he said, look. I'm the fat one. He has to be fat. That's his yeah. big thing. And I, so I, I kind of giggled at that, but I mean, you do make a really good point if you're going to do it. And like the joke is always the person doesn't get the joke and doesn't realize why it's inappropriate. Right. That's always what the joke is. And so rather than kind of defending that joke, cause I think that's what they were going for. That's, Every time it's been done in the past 50 years, that's exactly what the joke is. So we've seen it 50 other times. Mm-hmm. So and I think you've, you've pointed this out before, John, where mm-hmm. it's like they they get to do the joke while saying this joke's not appropriate, but also laugh at it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. So the, and that's really annoying. You're right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Okay. All right, then. So my what the heck moment is Jack Black puking a gallon of salt water up in front of the store. And I'm not sure why... He was supposed to drink a bunch of salt water, but um, I'm a sucker for puke. Dang it. It was to get the, because uh, what did was, he eat? He ate something that was he bad. He ate something. And then they said, I've, and then Alma says, go, I've got, a, I've got a remedy. Go yeah. up to, you know, drink water with salt in it. <laughs> yeah. Like he ate a tape or something. Oh man. All right. It's time to do some quotes. Dale, would you like to hear your honorable mention first? Um, do I have two? You, I have a oh Dale, no honorable oh, mention. No, I have no. I sent in an honorable mention because it was that's very, your honorable mention. It was similar. Okay, it was similar to it was. It was when I recorded Dale's that it was like next. I see. Yeah. I see. It came in the same package. Okay. All right, Dale. Let's hear your quote first. Here we go. She would always say, "A person's face is a lot about how they look." Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Could have been my funniest moment as well. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, John. You want to hear your real one or honorable mention? Uh, let's 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 do the real one. Let's do the real one. Okay. All right. Here we go. You're not who you say you are. You're not who you say you are. We are who we are. We're Barb and Star. Unlike you, Edgar, you big <laughs> effing liar. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perfect for the rhyming episode. Yes. <laughs> she like really works toward the end there. I <laughs> guess. <laughs> okay. So my quotes from the same movie. And I, I kind of have to preface this because I had to rewind it a couple times to hear it because this quote is 
deep in the background. So I had to boost the volume and, and wow. re-record this quote a couple times. Wow. So you only hear this if you're paying attention, but here's my favorite quote. I don't just know why, but my quote. favorite part of that whole movie is the seafood jam being like the biggest thing in the whole world. But like every little town in America has this has this you know very very local um, you know uh, tradition, and then they just make such a big deal out of it that when you grow up, you think it's the biggest thing. Oh man! But I just I just There's, love that the commentator is like this. This is rocking so hard. The seafood <laughs> jam just keeps jamming. So anyway, all right. When you have to explain it, it's no longer funny, I guess. So I, you know, I I disagree. I think <laughs> I think you explaining it made me laugh hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. I, I, I think it was they're in the hotel and maybe they're like fighting with Edgar and just in the background you hear it like outside the seafood yeah. jam is rocking. Yeah. So okay, John. Here's your honorable mention. You ready? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Trisha's favorite number? Four. Four. Her favorite animal? Hen. Trisha's favorite movie? Oh, the short ring. circuit. <laughs> 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 By the way, okay, thanks for indulging that. That's actually uh, that's actually the quote that we put at the beginning of this podcast. You know how I put a little quote at the beginning of the movie? I just used that. So everybody uh, listening to the podcast heard that twice, but we only got to hear it once, so I just wanted to play it just now. <laughs> well, thank you, John. Pen. All right. <laughs> hey, wait, speaking, speaking of seafood jam, I think you forgot best food, because I don't remember saying mine. No, we, we did best food, didn't we? We did not. Oh, yeah, there it is. I skipped right past it. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you, John, for the reminder. Uh, John, what's your favorite food? Veal stuffed walrus, which was, <laughs> which was available at Vista Del Mar. <laughs> okay, Dale, what's your favorite food? I had to go for the hot dog soup. Uh, oh. And, 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 <laughs> Honorable and, and mention was, for and, me. Yeah, yeah me and I'd seen that after um, Mrs. Harris goes to Paris, so I kind of had an idea that haute couture didn't live long enough but could have ended up as, as part of the hot dog soup. Oh, okay. All right. So my favorite is a uh, suicide soda. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Honorable mention. Yep. All right. Best way to throw away your 50 cents. Okay. Now we're going to talk about favorite scenes. Dale, from all these movies, what's your favorite scene? My favorite scene from all these movies, I have to be honest, was, um, and let me preface this. So I started watching... Be Kind Rewind, and it took me a long time to get into it. Then I started watching, and then I finished it. And I started watching Mrs. Harris. And it's, and, I, and I my favorite scene is the one that just pulled me in and said, this is going to be a fun movie, and I'm going to like it. And it was the couch scene when Barb and Star are on the couch, and they're they're trying to um, not sell the couch to the people who were. <laughs> I just felt that was just just gibberish and, and blah, blah, blah for, for, for three full minutes. But I just thought it was just so cute to get to know those characters like that. And, and they just, they won me over in that scene. At Jennifer's Convertibles? At Jennifer's Convertibles. <laughs> the couch been, been out of business for seven months, but nobody told that particular business in Nebraska. Yep. <laughs> All right, John, what's your favorite scene? Uh, I think this might be yours. I might steal it, but uh, the the Ghostbusters scene was just uh, really good and and be kind rewind. Oh, it's, I was laughing so hard. It's always it's always nice to see a sweeted interpretation like that. And that was the first one and probably the best one from the show. Okay, so mine's actually from Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, mm. and it's when they visit Mrs. Colbert at her home. Oh, and she's been this awful person this whole time, but now we get to see her in her home, and she's taking care. 
of her invalid husband and she does what she has to do at work because she is the breadwinner of her her family and she's not a bad person she's just doing what she thinks she's got to do to keep the company going and earn a living and and she's you know she's she she gets to be a human and uh, i just kind of love it big twist though her husband is actually Mr. Harris that we never see. <laughs> wounded in his plane crash. Which, which, which is why she never opens the door. Yeah, exactly. She knows <laughs> what's like, going on. Don't go in there. And he's got an English accent when he's asked her questions in French. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, all right. What's your favorite actor, John? Uh, I'm going to go with Jamie Dornan. I think yeah, it's, he's, he's a VIP of Barb and Star and uh, <laughs> I just really appreciate him. And uh, he's good looking. <laughs> okay. All right, Dale, who's your favorite actor? I went with uh Annie. Annie Mola with Barb. Oh. Um, she, she's I definitely thought, more thought, tapped into she, that type. She's tapped into that type already, so it was a stretch. But she had I think she had her work cut out for her to catch up with to, to stay up with Kristen Wiig and she I think she did a good job. She did not she did not let me down. And when she had the scene with uh uh Edgar and she was like, you know, trying to romance him. She was she was good. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go with Leslie Manville, who played Ms. Harris. Oh, now she's Ms. Harris. Ms. Harris, whatever. I don't know. Um, I thought she was enchanting. So good for her. There you go. Yep, very good for her. Um, I think special awards. We did alternate rhyming titles, but we do need best besties. And uh, I'll. St- I mean, it's Barb and Star for me. They're the best besties. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, let's see. What, uh, let me just actually uh, let me be on my toes here. I mean, it's got to be Barb and Star because the other options are most Def and Jack Black, and they they were kind of gross together. I hated seeing them <laughs> together. <laughs> they just didn't they just didn't gel at all like Barb and Star. So I mean, you have to go with Barb and Star. Dale, what do you think? Yeah, it was it was it was a given. It was Barb and Star. I, I tried to find besties in um, Mrs. Harris, and I and I tried. To, I think I think Bar. Jack Black and Mostef were um, were as awkward as Leslie Manville and and Vi. Uh, they kind of threw in that that character from um, from the from from I think it was from Jamaica, and it didn't yeah. work for me. Right, right, right. His besties, because yeah. it was their best friends, but it didn't work for me. Yeah. Which sort of leads us to the last special award that you suggested, which is most awkward colorblind casting or slash token casting. <laughs> so many. I'm going to have to go with Morgan Freeman. Yes, played by white guy <laughs> Josh Robert Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I went with I went with um, uh, Dame, Damon Winans. Is that his Damon Winans. Damon Winans. Yeah, I went with him. I just thought you know they they tried to give a funny a funny role to this this uh, sort of um, uh, absent-minded sort of um, obviously not cut out to do his job uh, spy. And and it, 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 I think they were like, let's give it a really good role to to this, to this. We'll do colorblind casting here. But then you could do the same thing for the best friend of um, Mrs. Harris. You do the same thing for the um, yo-yo. It's like I have an issue with when they push too hard and say, let's put someone in this someone in this role that could be from anywhere, but we're going to make them represent you know thirty percent of the people that are going to come see this film, and. None of those actually worked for me, so it was it was a shame. Was it's, it, it's obviously like when you see someone like in a, I don't know if you in the states, but in Europe you see a commercial where two people are in the kitchen, you know, looking at each other. Oh, isn't our kid cute? And you know, 
they're from different ethnic groups and the kid doesn't look anything like them. And you say to yourself, seriously, we, we have, we have to fill this, this quota to, to, to make, I don't know. It's a, it's an issue I have. So in films, I everyone adopts in commercials, yeah, <laughs> uh, commercials, but in a film, it's like, seriously, that they didn't have to be that much of a stretch to, to lasso in that, that, that ethnic group with yo-yo like <clears throat> would would it have been as noticeable if yo-yo didn't have that uh that uh that haircut <laughs> it was the haircut yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah how about uh, you guys uh yeah i went with a white guy playing the voice of morgan free yeah yeah me too Ooh. me too okay all right okay all right go. folks it's time to rank these by the way um we should just briefly mention that Be Kind Rewind was 65%. So these are all fresh. Barb and Star, Vista Del Mar, 79%. Uh, speaking of Rotten Tomatoes, of course, and Miseris Goes to Paris, a whopping 94%. And it also was the most financially successful. It cost $13 million to make, and they made $31 million. Uh, Although Be Kind uh, Rewind, it did pull a, a 50% profit. They spent $20 million and made 30 So, But it only cost $1, and so that's why it didn't make as much money. It only cost <laughs> yeah. $1 to watch and rent. All right. It's time to get serious and be adults and rank these three movies. Um, Dale, which of these movies did you just hate the most? You hated it. I'm so most. sorry. I have to say Be Kind Rewind was my third. Hmm. Okay. All right, John. What about you? Which one did you hate the very most? I think we're going to be all over the place here. Now, I, yeah, I think, uh, now I'm going to go, I'm going to go be kind, rewind. I just barely switched it. I think I did that because um, I respect be kind, rewind a lot more than some of the other ones that we talked about. Some of the other ones we talked about, but uh, that first 35 minutes of be kind, rewind was just kind of I hated watching it. Yeah, I did not like it at all. It was just like, ah, I don't want to be watching this. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm wrong. Um, So I I enjoyed the movie parody so much that maybe I forgave a lot of the rest. Yeah. Um, And my number three, which I also really enjoyed, is Barb and Star Go to Visit Damar. Saw it coming. Yeah, it just, it felt like a Saturday Night Live skit that went on uh, for an hour and a half to me. And maybe I need to see it again. (laughs) <laughs> um, but like, I don't know about halfway through the movie. I'm like, Oh, they're still doing the barb and star thing. So whatever, whatever. All I can That's- think of right now is how Edgar would look at you kind of with He'd his head tilted and those little, those, those little eyes, his head tilted, just wondering why you would have put him third, but that's okay. Why? And I'm, I'm going to get him so upset. He's going to go flip some sand with his toes. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, then I'm going to come back around. And my number two is be kind, rewind. Jonathan. Uh, okay. Yeah, my number two is Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I don't like her very much. I like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I echo John's. The Madsons have chosen Mrs. Yeah. Harris in second place. Okay. Well, you're wrong. She's adorable <laughs> and she's just charming. <laughs> and I felt watching that movie felt like sitting in a comfortable chair with a cup of tea and uh, having someone pat me on the head and go, there, 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 there. Fair enough. So, Were you uh, in love with your cleaning lady? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was the best. Um, yeah. All right, then, folks, that's it. Dale, you've concluded your community service. Thank you for putting in the work, despite how difficult it was. Uh, we had some missteps, so we kept you up late two nights in a row. Our apologies, sir. 
No, it was um, a pleasure. It was a pleasure and honor. And I, can I just say one more thing about, mm-hmm. about my third place film? The, I, did you guys catch this line? At one point when it's driving Miss Daisy and he's in the back seat, at one point he says, turn right, you know, turn left. And then he says, are you deaf? Did you guys catch that? Oh, uh, that, was, was that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so are you deaf? And they kind of like you know, smile at each other. Wink, wink. So it was fun. That was a fun, uh, fun activity. And I encourage anyone to do this, no matter what time of night in the evening, no matter what movies. Uh, this is fun. You guys are you guys are uh, great at what you do, and we we thoroughly enjoy your passion. And thanks for sharing it with us. Well, Thank we look too. forward to having you back on, hopefully. I think the calendar is open again in 2029. <laughs> I'll be there. So, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Okay, thanks. Now, that's, a, that's a partial lie. We will be uh, pressuring you uh, with pressure probably around December, January. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. Perfect. All right, sir. All right, uh, gentlemen, let's move on to future business. Oh. Yep. All right, hey everybody. So we have, and this is, uh, we're we're not going to pretend that this is live. Uh, this is a pre-recorded. Uh, Hello from the past. The past. Exactly. The past. We're bringing Josh on now because he has stuff to do, and Josh, of course, is our next guest in two weeks. And this is the first time we've done this one, right? Because this is the first person who's come back for a third time. Where Josh must choose a movie from his birth month and year. And then I think he can choose any 10-year anniversary from his birth month moving forward. So uh, we're, we're talking 74, September 74. And then uh, so you can do 84, 94, 2004, 2014. So I'm excited to see what we got. Well, I'm excited too. And I am a little disappointed in the news that Madsen's not going to be there. No, I'm going to be there for th- no, no. I'm not going to be there for this one. Okay, I'll uh, listen. Dang it, I'm, I'm going to be there for the next one. Sorry, kind of hurt by that, John. <laughs> uh, I'll do what I can. That's how you treat your most uh, loyal guest host. Well, and I do. I do want to say it took us a full thirty seconds to talk JB into replacing you for that podcast. What you're getting, JB? <laughs> He's the worst guy on the force. Come on. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right. You ready? We're ready. Give it to us. Okay. So I put a lot of thought and pondering into this. And the first movie that we're going to watch from September of 1974 is the Walter Matthau classic, The Taking of Pelham 123. Oh, wow. That was from then? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. I want to see it. I've never seen it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I've never seen it either. Did you see the Denzel remake like 10 years ago? And Travolta? And Travolta. I've heard it pales in comparison, but then again, I haven't seen either one. I heard it pales in comparison too. Okay. This shocked me because I looked up a list of movies that came out in September 74, and this was not on the list. Oh, it is. But there was a movie called. We should probably have our lawyers and accountants talk to each other (laughs) to be sure. There was a movie (laughs) called Juggernaut that looked pretty (laughs) incredible and it has the word jugs in it. uh, Josh, man, I've got November 14th. Oh, that's in West Germany. Yeah, you got to get off the West Germany calendar. (laughs) Oh, I I guess we could give it to him. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's it's fine. It's fine. All right. <laughs> you have somewhere you have a, a document that tells you it was released in September. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Send, send yeah. the paper. Send the paperwork. Yeah. I'll send the paperwork. <laughs> no. Okay. Have right. it notarized. 
And in fact, like you guys should trust me because I withdrew my next pick because it came out on August 31st. So I'm really trying to be faithful <laughs> to the rules here because in 1984, Chud was released on August 31st. And that's wow. what I was hoping to watch. But rules are rules. I get it. So instead of Chud from September of 1984, we will be watching the Lorenzo Lamas classic, Body Rock, where Lamas is a street break dancer trying to make his way in the world. Uh, family favorites. That's awesome. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but it's and that's a family favorite. Yes, it is. Oh, Correct. great. Perfect. I knew so, it was right. So wait, wait, wait. I don't recall this because Break not In and Break In 2 not, came not out. our family. Someone's family favorite somewhere. In the okay. <laughs> I'm going to pretend it's a Madsen family favorite. There, there were, there were, there were three breakdancing movies that came out in 1984 that I know of. And it's the first two breaking movies and beat street. And those are the famous ones. And I thought it was already oversaturated. I assumed because, you know, they were kind of like, you know, like doing this fad kind of like the forbidden dance and Labada and everything. Mm. You're telling me there are four breakdancing movies in 1984. And one of them has Lorenzo Lamas in it. I'm what I'm trying to tell you is that ozone and turbo are riding the coattails of Lorenzo Lamas. Okay. Okay. So where can we watch body rock? It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Body rock. Here we go. Body rock. And the final movie uh, from September of 1994, one of my personal favorites, Pulp Fiction. Ooh, never done this haven't done that before. Yeah. yeah, we haven't done Pulp Fiction on this podcast. Man, between Dale getting us to do uh, Shawshank Redemption and now Josh's Pulp Fiction, we're we're knocking Touching out the, the big ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those those are yeah. 1994 is pretty much all covered now. <laughs> so it should be fun. Woo. Yeah, no, great picks, Josh. Great picks. Uh, I'm I'm sad. To, you know, with a year that had Beverly Hills Cop and Gremlins and Ghostbusters and The Karate Kid and Tron, uh, I'm sad to hear that Body Rock fell in September. Uh, <laughs> I, I, unlike, unlike all of those other ones, I haven't seen this classic from 1984. 1984 was a huge cinematic year, especially for the summer. Yes. So, summer yes. type movies, so. Mm. Well, and look, if you can't find it on YouTube, it sounds like the Madsons have a VHS copy of it. Because so. it's a family <laughs> favorite. It's yeah. a family favorite. Well, it actually came out on VHS as well in September of 1984. Because <laughs> it only lasted one week in the cinema. <laughs> oh, man. That is undoubtedly true. <laughs> All right, Josh. So two weeks after that, you're going to come back for your community service, and I assume we're going to have John back. Uh, I sh- I'll be back two weeks after two weeks from now. Yeah, I'll be back a month from now. That'll be fine. That's yeah. good news. Okay, Josh, we are going to be watching 80s, 90s Westerns. Woo-hoo. The movies to be determined. I'm uh, The Facebook family will pick one. You will pick one, and I will pick one. And Ooh, I nice. would love to see Silverado. Uh, I've also never seen Unforgiven. Uh, mm. I know people love Tombstone. And I'm I, John, I don't want to break your heart, but there's probably going to be a young gun in the mix. I don't mind. I, I just want Silverado to be the priority. Why? Well, okay. I mean, Kevin Klein is in it. You got Scott Glenn. Danny I mean, Glover? Danny Glover. Yeah. It, I mean, a young Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. yeah Brian Dennehy. Uh, oh, 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 I mean, you, you guys were watching Silverado. And so, I mean, I'll do what I can with, with the voting while I'm gone and everything. <laughs> but if we can watch Silverado, I'll watch Young Guns 1 and Young Guns 2, I guess. <laughs> no one wants to watch Young Guns 2. 
<laughs> All right. Does uh, Brian Dennehy uh, play Sheriff Tiesel in Silverado? <laughs> I, think, just I seriously think he does. <laughs> mysteriously named Sheriff Tiesel. <laughs> oh, that's going to be I awesome. mean, it's, yeah, it's just his, it's Sheriff Tiesel's, like, father. Not his grandfather, his father. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, so we can conclude the future business. After Josh's community service, we are bringing on Antonio for the first time. And oh, yeah. uh, I think, Antonio, sir, if you listen to this podcast, you will be the live event sandwich. You will be the bread of that sandwich. We will have you on before and after our live event. So also wow. to look forward to Prime it. spot. That'll be good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on. And uh, yeah. I can't wait to start digging into your uh, VHS classics here. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yes. We'll miss you, Madsen, but bring it on, Flinders. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> thanks, Josh. Wasn't that something? That was just something. All that future business. That future business that we just pushed the button for, yes. Oh, yes, it was great. It was something. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. I will look forward to the podcast. And um, sorry I won't be there in, in uh, Utah in, in July. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to seeing John in about 10 days. 10 days, yeah. Yay. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Coming over there. Okay. Yeah, coming over here. And uh, yeah, sorry, and you, sorry you're not going to make it to Paris. I love Paris. That's it. All right, guys. Uh, right. Have a good evening. I'm going to bed. And uh, talk soon. Thanks, well, Dale. See you guys soon. Thanks, Dale. Sign off. It's been fun. Did you have one for uh, Barb and Star? No, uh, you didn't. Did you have one for Be Kind Rewind? No, you're, uh, you already told <laughs> You can edit this out. I'm on top. I'm on top of this. All right, John, what's your favorite?